Fly me to the poon. What were you saying? Suck my dick in balls. <laughs> we'll put a dick <laughs> in, in Oh, it was a Toby Keith song. It's like, we'll put a dick in your ass. It's the American gay. This is good. And that's it. You know what's great about uh, starting off that way is that uh, if anybody's looking to just uh, ruin our careers or anything, <laughs> they don't have to go far. They can just hear right off the bat, mm-hmm. right? Right very early. I like to put it up top, you know, get yeah. all the offensive shit. Throw it up top. Mm-hmm. Ben Avery, how the fuck are you, pal? I'm doing good. You know what I'm feeling, Kevin? I'm feeling like uh, we should start off this episode singing one of our favorite country songs. Would you guys like to karaoke? A non-copyrighted karaoke song. Non-copyrighted karaoke song. Is there such a thing? There's such a thing. And we have no internet. Yeah. I don't know if we should start singing. Do you want to just do acapella? (laughs) What country song can we sing? Hmm. You and the podcast starts now. <laughs> okay, how about this? How about Sunhouse grinning in your face? How about uh, you just start yes. playing the uh, the intro song? I don't know the song. Don't you mind people grinning in your face? Don't you mind people grinning in your face? You gotta back it off a little bit. Just bear who is in mind. A true friend is hard to find. Don't you mind people grinning in your face. Let's start the motherfucking show. Lock the gates, motherfuckers. A feeling of worry, nervousness, or unleash, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. I got to crack a Mexican Coke up in here, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> if this going to be that kind of party, I'm going to take my dick in the back. Look, I'm Kylie Jenner. I have a Coke. <laughs> oh, God. They're going to know I'm, I'm dumb. dumb. It's brain jail, bitch. Oh, damn it. Mother. God damn it. I came in a little high there. Right. Came in a little damn high. All right, we're going to take it again. Uh, Woke Satan. All right, when you're ready. Welcome to Brain Jail, everybody. It's that time of the week when you sit down with three motherfucking white pussies (laughs) talking about their feelings and shit. It's it's Ben, the good one. It's Jace, the nice one. And it's Kevin, the retard. (laughs) I didn't mix those up with Kevin and Ben. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. great job, Woke Satan. Well, I'm Kevin Tinkin. Welcome to Brain Jail. Across from me is Jace Wayne Avery, Howdy. sporting the Grady Athletics t-shirt. That's right. Looking good. Looking lady. back, my dad's high school from 2012 that he coached at. Hell yeah. And I did not attend. He's got some clear glasses on, just looking hip as shit, ready mm-hmm. to get a Comedy Central <laughs> web special, just a series ready to go. And yep. we got Ben Avery over on the ones and twos. How's it going, guys? I'm an industry guy now. Oh, I will no longer be funny on the podcast as per my contract with the industry. That so did, signed. did you sign this like three podcasts ago? God damn. Damn. I got his Hell ass. Yeah, damn. <laughs> I just, for the listener, I just pulled out a staple and I stapled Ben in the ass. No, you didn't. Actually, actually you're the stopped being funny four episodes ago. Ah, shit. <laughs> Wow, he really got you there by no. just saying the same yeah, thing you said. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Ben's wearing a big Flavor Flav clock. You, you can't. Ben, please stop. The yeah, boy is probably my least favorite thing you do. 
Yeah, boy. Yeah, no more yeah, boys. How about yeah, girl? Let's bring Okay, in- I like that. Man, yes, I like that. Yes, queen. <laughs> no. The longest yes, queen. By the way, you're still peeking. I don't know how it's happening. I'm not happening. peeking, bitch. I'm seeing the red lights flash. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the red pills flash <laughs> as you. No, you're just fucking high. I'm not high. Oh, okay. Right. I'm, I'm a little drunk. Well, I'd be right 99% of the time. <laughs> I'm kidding. We're not going to go there. Everybody. Already right. started. No, We're not going to attack Kevin. We're not, We're not going to be all Kevin. right. Uh, the audience ha- has been DMing me saying you're going a little too easy on Kevin. Is that true? <laughs> That's the consensus. That's what they're the saying. People. Yeah. What do mm-hmm. they want? What do they want you to do? They, <laughs> one guy uh, asked me to, uh, um, <laughs> kick your fucking ass <laughs> on the podcast. Right. Good luck. If, he, I, he if I'm out me. of a gout attack, you you better watch yeah. your ass. <laughs> if you catch me on a good gout day, mm-hmm. I'll fuck you up. Yeah, our listeners probably don't know you have gout. Yeah, I got gout. Yeah. I'm 100 years old. Your, your, your feet are crippled, dude. Yeah, dude. If you come after me, Ben, I'm going to fucking shove your balls into that Coke bottle. Yeah, I bet you'd like that. <laughs> I would like I it. I bet you'd like grabbing some balls. Just and one, just, just using suction somehow. Mm-hmm. You know what I'll do is I'll put your balls right at the bottom of the thing, and then I'll put a match inside, and when the match goes uh. out, I'll put your balls right up, and then that one testicle... Oh, it sucks in. Right. And then you show your kids, you're like, see, now that's how science works. That is science, children. It's a fifth grade science experiment on uh, Little St. James. <laughs> it's Sorry, a, it was it, a reach. Yeah. yeah well, and then you're going to uh, do the one where you you sit in the rolling chair and then spin and then hold your arms out and then hold them in. But my, every time they're out, you're hitting a dick that's swinging by. <laughs> my kids have a trifold piece of cardboard that they stand up in their uh, in their classrooms. And like, it's a, it's science and revenge. Mm-hmm. How to suck your friend's balls into a Do you a have a bottle. big... Um, um, paper mache volcano that you put um, baking soda and hydrogen peroxide in, and then you put your ass over the top of the volcano, and then it all flows into your ass. You know what? That might be really pleasant. <laughs> it probably would. All that's those bubbles. Like, that's like what a colonoscopy is, basically. Right? Yeah, they just like put they just put hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> and, uh, that baking was how soda Rip, in your asshole. A lot of people don't know that's how Rip Taylor actually got a colonoscopy. The colonoscopy yeah. back yep. in the day. And James Taylor. James Taylor, yeah, too. Yeah, the, the Taylor brothers Well, he's seen go, fire, he's seen rain. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'll tell you what. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen a replica of a volcano shoved up my ass. <laughs> I can't believe we've lost two rips in one year. Yeah, Rip Torn, Rip Taylor. Damn, what the fuck? God damn. Is Rip a name you put on a, a birth certificate? Uh, more like a tombstone, folks. <laughs> I'll tell you what. What I mean? Uh, Is uh, Rip I, short for anything? Rippert? I don't know. Yeah, Jace, it's short for Ripley. <laughs> clearly, oh, I wonder if it is. short right. for li- Ripley. Ripley's pretty good. Well, because Rips, believe it or not, doesn't really... Right. It's, it's kind of... <laughs> Welcome to Rips, about. believe it or not, I got a gator with two heads on it in my shack. You ain't never going to believe this shit. <laughs> right. All right. Here's a, here's a Rips, believe it or not, for you. I am a sexual deviant. <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> Rips, believe it or not, I have never had sex with a woman. <laughs> Believe it or not. I got two headed dick. I swear to God. I swear to the good mother guy God. That's right. I'm also a hippie. Mother Gaia? Mother Gaia. I pray to Mother Gaia. I don't know Mother Gaia. You don't know Mother Gaia? I don't know Mother Gaia. That's like uh, Mother Earth. That's yeah. like uh, people, oh. like white women who think they're Native Americans say like, like Mother Gaia. Yeah, she like was. Ja? 
Mm-hmm. Mother yeah, Gaia yeah. was the head boss in Sly Cooper. If you played that game on the PlayStation, I, oh, I forgot about that game. Yeah, you were that. She fox. wasn't actually. It was just funny to think about. Right. But you do remember that alligator that was like an Aunt Jemima type? Yeah, there was a big mama gator. She was like, "I'm into voodoo up in the swamps." <laughs> she and shit. really was. She's like, God damn it! It was like, like Richard God, Pryor. God damn it, Sly! What was his name again? Sly Cooper. She's like, "God damn it, Sly Cooper! Get over here and eat my pussy!" Yeah, and you're just like <laughs> jumping over frying pans that she's throwing at you. Well, hot damn, I haven't had my pussy eaten now by another member of the animal community. <laughs> We're in the same genus, so it's all right. It's not weird. Oh, man. The, the villain in that game was just Precious's mom. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Do you need Monique? Dude, dude, you know what would be badass as all fuck? Is if they made a Precious the video game. Oh, dude, uh, that'd be I, sweet as shit. Like, like an 8-bit 2D First player? Like Super Mario type oh, okay. game right. where, where Precious is running Right, around. she grabs, she steals a bucket of fried chicken, which is in the movie. It's not a racist riff I'm doing. It's in the movie. It is in the movie. She steals a bucket of chicken and runs down the street with it. And somebody, somebody at Oprah Winfrey's movie company was like, you know what? Leave it in. This needs to be in the movie. That is the saddest movie I've ever seen. Oh, man. Where she literally, it's like, ah, man. Well, have you seen the sequel, Precious 2, Big Mama's House? (laughs) It's actually pretty uplifting. Precious 2, Too Precious? (laughs) (laughs) Too Precious to Live, but it's both, it's the number two. Too Precious to Handle? (laughs) Dude, my my friend Travis watched that movie in Houston when it came out. Precious? Yeah, in, in like a, in a... In a bad neighborhood in Houston. Right. Let's just say there weren't a lot oh, of good schools at the, a, in the neighborhood. There, there I were don't a lot like, of little Caesars like in the area. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of uh, check cashing place and Bluetooth yeah. uh, stores. Let's just we'll say just, there was a couple of dominoes yeah. around. Let's just say there was a store that only sold leather baseball caps. <laughs> I don't... I, one of those type one of One of those types of places. <laughs> With the Bluetooth headset connected to the leather hat. <laughs> it's so into the hat. Yeah. I don't like this at all. Yeah, me neither. Um, um, but, so okay, Anyway, he saw the movie at a at a black movie theater. Yeah, is what you're saying. Four black, <gasps> four black women sat behind him, and they were like, uh, "They're like, shit, shit, are we in this movie?" <laughs> God damn it, James. Okay, sorry, okay. I'm espositoing myself. Um, Please, no, yeah. they they just like uh, they just like you remember when Precious' mom uh, beats the shit out of her because she got molested by her dad. How could I forget? <laughs> Yep. You How remember, could I forget Chase, that beautiful... Do you remember that part in the movie? Well, I watch Precious every month, you know, just to remind myself. I watch it every morning before I go to work, uh, just to make sure that I, you know... Yeah, weeping. I know where I stand. As you walk in the office. Yeah, hey, yeah. Greg, how's it going? Hug <laughs> your kids. Just so grateful to work in, in this General Mills factory, and <laughs> I could be getting the shit beat out of me by my own mom. Um, We're getting raped by my dad. They, uh... They were like when she got hit with the frying pan after she found out her her dad her husband molested her. I thought uh-huh. that was an itchy and scratchy cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you remember Precious Bazinga. at one point. There's a big cake and Precious takes um a one slice of it, but then she takes the whole cake and she leaves the slice and that yeah, was yeah, yeah. Precious. She's wearing a Bazinga shirt. Yep, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> what were you gonna say? Ben? And she goes, "I'm Pickle Rick, but I'm Precious." Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the Big Muck Bang theory. Okay. 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 All right. People, All right. Do people know what mukbangs are? Mukbangs is where yeah we you, talked about it last week. Oh, we did. Ugh. Yeah, mukbang is where you like eat an entire like roasted chicken mm-hmm. like up uh, on YouTube and guys jack off to it. Supposedly, yeah, allegedly. So anyway, your friends in this theater. There's little women behind him. Oh yeah, the women just thought the movie was a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, they were like, "Oh, precious, you. That's what you get for fucking her, man." <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. You swear? I swear to God. It was a black woman. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. Do yeah. you swear to Cameron Esposito? Yeah. 
I mean, black I, women. I, dude, I, I'm not making that up. They were laughing the whole movie. They were like rooting against Precious because she was fucking her man mm-hmm. and stuff. So they're all on the mom side. Man. Dude, uh, black, black, every black woman is funnier than every stand-up comedian who's ever lived. And I don't want to start talking about stand-up comedy, but I do think that is true. Black people are the funniest people in the world. 100%. It's, uh, I mean, this is, is this probably a racist compliment? But I just enjoy black comedy more yeah. than any other comedy. I was no, I really uh, Monique is awesome. Some more. I don't awesome. want to be that white guy who like is like has the story about the time he went to a movie theater with black people in it. But here's a story that's that. Um, I was just Hold like, on, let me cross my legs and really <laughs> get interested in this. My friends in college, Paranormal Activity, had come out and they're like, you know, we're all basic white dudes, so they're like, dude, let's go high. Let's get high. Let's go watch Paranormal Activity at the Black Movie Theater. That'll make you fucking and, throw up. And it, we did, and it was so fucking fun. Oh, it was the funniest shit. They're yelling yeah. like, dumb white bitch, you stupid <laughs> white devil. You white ass. And then he's like, he's like, uh, I remember his her husband is like an investment banker in the movie. Like He's like at his computer doing investment. He's like, ah, oh, he the demon. He the demon right there. <laughs> Jace. Paranormal Activity. Okay. All, All right. right. All okay. Right. Okay. Man, I'm, I'm calling your neighbors over I'm to sorry. beat your ass right now, dude. <laughs> They're very nice. I texted uh, one of them today. Really? Yeah, they were very nice. Yeah, very yeah. kind people. They, it, they came over the other day. <laughs> Which text, you wouldn't think. Did you text, get the fuck out of my neighborhood? <laughs> you piece of shit. They came over to our door the other day because they were throwing a house party. And they were like, here's our number in case we're just too loud. And we're like, oh, yeah. And here's our number in case we're doing racial stereotypes through the garage door too loudly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry about that. Did they, they, they didn't seem they were, uh, they were cool? Yeah, I mean, uh, our, we gave him a nice housewarming gift when we moved in. We gave him a, 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 a gift certificate to the Steve Harvey suit store up the street. <laughs> I hate, I hate this, but it's very good riff. Uh, very, you're very talented, dude. Here. You should open mm. the Steve Harvey suit store. Oh man, that would be, and it's just like a plus size. It's big and tall, but it's just big and Steve. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> she said what. Oh, Lord. I, All right. Name five suits that look like a penis. Hey, can we get back oh, to talk? Oh, Lord. <laughs> can, we, can we get to talking about Chinese people? I mean, I'm going to ask you one more goddamn time. <laughs> oh, Lord. What's your inseam? <laughs> it is my buddy Luke Mona's had a really funny bit he's working on where he's, he's a tall guy, too. And I experienced this as well. You go, because it's hard to buy clothes as a tall person. Mm-hmm. So you go to your first big and tall store when you're like 22 and buying your own clothes for the first time. And then you get there and you're like, oh, it's just a big store. That's it. It's just like it's size 52 store. pants. And that's, you're like, but I'm just 6'5". And they're like, yeah, no, get the fuck out. There's nothing for you. Really? It's, dude, it's, it's so designed for fat people. They sell suspenders. And all their suspenders are the ones truck drivers wear, where the suspender is like eight inches wide and made out of spandex. And it's clearly made to be worn over a t-shirt that's tucked into your jeans. There's like a a video by the suspenders of the suspenders lifting an elephant. (laughs) These are the strongest suspenders you'll ever buy. It's suspenders for people who are too fat to wear a belt anymore. Because you're so fat, if you sit down in a belt, you'll die. Your stomach will like, you'll get cut in half because you're that fat. Well, I'm glad to know that there's a place for me out there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just looking to get uh, some uh, government aid at some point. You know, mm-hmm. I, I bet I bet you would. I got about another hundred a hundred pounds to go, and I'll be ready. I bet I know why you want government aid. Why? Because it has the word aid. In yeah, you, I was going to say you want government you're fucking, aids. You're fucking gay. <laughs> gay guy. Well, we got him, folks. Ladies Very and good. gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> well, uh, let me. Uh, We'll call a section two. How are you, Ben? You doing good? 
Is life treating you well? Life is treating me well. You know, Kevin, sometimes I kind of get down on myself because... Uh, you go down on yourself? Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I go down on myself? Yeah. Sometimes, well, yeah, sometimes I go, I go down on myself. Like, I, I have a... I'm sort of disassociating, like, my lacunas in... Uh, Hmm. Or, and Natalie Portman in Black Swan, where I where I think I'm getting ate at by a beautiful woman, and I have a pussy, mm-hmm. and I'm a beautiful ballerina. Right. But th- but then I come to, and I realize I'm actually a beautiful ballerina who's eating out myself. Right, but you're still the beautiful ballerina. Well, that's clear. I thought. <laughs> so <laughs> how, you do have a body and, frame. You could almost be a ballerina. Like oh, a absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I'd yeah. love to see you in some tights, just dancing mm-hmm. around with your fucking cock, mm-hmm. just out. They all have stage. their cocks yeah, so man. far out, dude. When I was a junior in high school, I dated this girl who was a ballerina. Uh-huh. And uh, how big was her cock? <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I remember she asked Go me to go to. Who she asked he's me to go gay. to? A- he's fucking gay, dude. Dude, he's a fucking gay. Guy. Sorry, we right. we we have a right. uh, fourth mic is we have Tally from South Park, and he yeah. doesn't talk that often. But I remember we went to a performance, and uh, and and I just remember sitting in the audience and every man that mm-hmm. got on stage you could just see his his fucking ball his yeah and his entire penis his like whole you cock. could see the head of his dick and yeah. they're like dancing beautifully they've been working i mean talk about 10,000 hours you know what i mean just really yeah i guess been about 10,000 inches <laughs> oh nice yeah. 10,000 inches right well, i love when we all have a terrible joke to <laughs> no, shout at the geez, same time that's hilarious <laughs> like you like malcolm gladwell's like you have to suck 10,000 inches worth of cock mm-hmm. to become gay all <laughs> right he's like Technically, I'm not gay because I've sucked uh, 9,999 inches. I, I, I will say that that I think the success of this podcast has to do with the ratio of retardation to serious conversation. Right. And I got to be honest, the ratio feels a little off. Yeah, right we've been now. going a lot. We'll get into the serious one. Well, I have some good serious stuff to say, but we're, we're oh, going really? to so, riff it up. I don't want to get too serious, but so, I just want to talk about these balls that I saw <laughs> when I was 16. Okay, I'm just telling you, someone Venmoed me $100 to to prevent you from ever being serious on the podcast. <laughs> Is that true? So who was, was it, it after the episode where I cried? Yep. Yeah, I get that. Jace, wine me. Uh, do you want some wine, Kevin? Why? Oh, me. my God. I knew if I got wine, Kevin would get wine. Oh, my God. We're, We're having such a great time. Bad. My husband fucks 11 year olds and I do not like it. So I'm going to drink some wine. Cheers. Is that the real sex in the city? Right. Is that just ha- like, this yeah, is- my husband's a fucking pedophile. Yeah, this- what are you going to do, man? This is my new character where it's just wine moms who are married to billionaire pedophiles. They're like, what are you going to do? He just loves 11 year old pussy. <laughs> Here's to my vibrator. <laughs> Cheers, Meredith. I just, you know, he goes off. He's busy. The other know, day, he, you know, he wants me to wear the pigtails. He wants me to say I'm 11, like Harry Potter. You know, I got the braces put on. I got the implants taken out. I got my pussy sewn <laughs> up, so it's an inch long. And it's just like, when am I going to get some me time? I need a little bit of. I need a little bit of Tabitha time. <laughs> Uh, He's just watching child porn all day. It's like, um, I'm right here. <laughs> like, you know, like he wants me to watch it with him. And it's like, I get it. Like, it's a guy thing. Like He says because I'm 29, I'm too old mm-hmm. for him. So Steve, the other day I caught him fucking another kid. And guess who's got a new ring? Honey. <laughs> what would your wine mom name be? Would it be Tabitha? I think Tabitha is a pretty solid wine mom name. I think I'm a Stacy because Stacy's like a solid, like she's the nice wine mom. And she's like, girl, let's, we love each other. All you, right. You would be a Stacy. Yeah. Dude, what the be. fuck, dude? Yeah. You're I, such a, I'm a fucking Stacy. That's your wine mom name yeah. is Chad. Yeah. I'm a Chad. <laughs> I'm a Chad wine mom, dude. 
if, I'm gonna fuck Stacy, the me, noble Chad wine yeah. mom. Let me ask you guys a serious question. Yeah, if the roles were reversed, go on, and there was an option, and there may be an option out there for this. Okay, but there was an option to just be a piece of ass to just some to woman. be a hot, just some woman, just like Jace. Jace, let me. Can I be? Can I, 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 you know, I. Yeah, just, what's up? I just need. It's a, me, hot piece of ass, Jace. What's up? I just need someone out there to just fill these guts periodically. <sighs> you stay home. You don't do anything. You just hang out with me. Can I watch Joe Rogan videos while we do it? Whatever you want, honey. You're a princess. All right, fine. Would you do it if, if uh, just to be a uh, dude? There's a part of me that knows it's really bad for me because so much of me just wants to be taken care of and be a baby and have no responsibilities. So yeah, I probably would do it. Yeah, yeah, for a little bit. I mean, I'm kind of in that right now, you know, where my wife is just taking good care of me. Right. You're and a sugar I, baby. I really am a sugar baby, but the <laughs> difference is that uh, we never have sex. Um, so then I'm just like, what am I here for? I think they don't really have sex either. Like those rich, older Manhattan women with young boy toys. I don't think they really have sex that much. It's like an accessory to bring around. Yeah, the the like the play the playmates that marry, you know, the Hugh Hefner types. Right. Like I saw his dick once in the '80s. <laughs> What's he gonna and do? Is he gonna I, is he gonna lay pipe on those women? He's 85 years old, dude. I'm telling you, I I read down the rabbit hole, uh, which is uh, a uh-huh. story of a Playboy playmate. Okay, great and, title, down the rabbit hole dude i'm telling you because it's got rat like alice in wonderland but it's also whole like her pussy yeah yeah and they would have like these sex parties where they would go in there and hugh would be in there and it's just fucking just wrinkled balls <sighs> would just be out and they would have sex but it wouldn't be like intense or whatever because mm-hmm. he's just an old man but there'd be like three or four women in there he probably just gets jerked off a lot i feel like that i think he does jerk off a lot he he jerks off himself damn what a, just what a cuck there. yeah i'm like put it in hugh <laughs> What a fucking dumb name, Hugh. Yeah, Hugh Hefner. Get the fuck Piece out of, of here. Shit. Piece of shit. I'll fucking beat your ass. I beat up Hugh Hefner. Right. Is he dead? Um, No, I think he's still, with, he's still with us, right, Ben? No, he just died. Hugh Hefner? Yeah, you fucked him. <laughs> yeah, I fucked him and I killed him. <laughs> I split his vertebrae in half, like a little like um, Kit Kat bar, you know, when you push your finger down the I side like of it. Jace would be a really good uh, pornography mogul. Pornography. Oh, dude, I would. I think Jace, right, Ben? Ben, help help me out with this. Um, I mean, I know it's me, not about being retarded. Sorry, or gay, I was trying to connect to the internet. Uh, but uh, um, you know, jump just in mentally, you were trying to you, connect. You're to saying the internet. he would be a porn mogul. He could be a really good porn mogul. Like I have slick back hair. I have like 18 gold necklaces, and I go, "She's got a lot of class." That woman. She's got the natties that everybody. Listen, that woman for. is elegant. She's like Jackie O. But her, because her asshole is so tight. I see Jace as like the porn company <laughs> hires him to vet the girls and like fuck them like casting couch style okay. to see if they can handle Jace's huge cock. Okay. You've got the asshole of a yard duty teacher. <laughs> and that's really what we're going for. A lot of recess porn is coming out. You remind right me now. of a young Jenna Jameson. I met her when I was 85. It was 1991. You gotta love cock, darling. I'm actually Nosferatu. I'm a Dracula. <laughs> ben, you keep looking something up on the internet, and it keeps saying no internet. Yeah. Ben's gonna just start That's playing that dinosaur website. game. <laughs> <No> <laughs> this is your favorite website. My favorite website is 404 Not Found. Yeah, we've talked about this before, but if there was an apocalypse type event where the internet was just wiped out, like how soon before you just go insane? Immediately. Yeah. If my internet well, Jay- ever went out, I'd kill myself. Ben would have a little cardboard box with a hole he's cut in front of it. 
to be like a computer and then just pictures of Alex Jones that he's drawn <laughs> that he slides in the yeah. little box. I'm going to go the I opposite direction. Sock, sock puppets of Peppies and like uh, <laughs> right, Grapers. My favorite podcasters. Right. I would just you have a Joe Rogan sock puppet being like, it's entirely possible yeah. with his bun eyes. I have a little Jamie one. <laughs> With Doesn't a little computer, talk? yeah. I'm making feminist cringe videos out of uh, Adobe Photoshop characters that I made. <laughs> no, I think Ben would probably figure out the energy crisis if the internet went down for like two days. Right. We'd come in here and he'd be like, this car runs off my breath. <laughs> like, Ben, how did you do this? The internet's been down. Right. Dude, that was, it's kind of like when I got sober, like people were like, holy shit, holy Ben built a studio shit. and like yes. a, like the whole garage is green and there's like tape. It was like crazy. And people were like, holy shit. Like, how'd you do that? I'm like, oh, I don't drink anymore. They're like, oh God, you had that in you like the whole time. Right. I'm like, yeah, that's why I like. You are so like, much. there's an episode of the Simpsons where Barney stops drinking for like two weeks and he becomes like a NASA scientist <laughs> and he's literally walking around. He's like, hello, Homer. It's good to see you. I uh, hope you're doing a fantastic way. <laughs> and Homer's like, what? <laughs> yeah, I do remember at that point because you were just like, we got to work on the garage. Come on. Let's go work on the garage every, every day. <laughs> it's like Ben, it's fine. We got tables and a- oh, it's the movie Grand Torino, but Ben is built working on a podcast studio, and you're a young Korean boy who tried to steal the podcasting equipment. <laughs> I'm going to teach you about podcasting. Get in here. We're going to learn a few things about how to broadcast. Yeah, don't mess with the dials, you stupid. Boo! Holy shit! At one point, <laughs> Kevin was my uh, Rick. And I was Morty, and Kevin was showing me how to do all this podcast stuff. That's true, yeah. I mean, I still am. And, and you now would take the, me in the garage and teach me how to do everything, and you brought me to another world and left And me. now the Morty has become yeah. the Rick. Oh, no, I wouldn't say that. The tides have turned. <laughs> I'm just imagining, I thought of that. Imagine a guy so shitty, he's into Taekwondo, and he's teaching somebody else Taekwondo, and then they get really good, and he's like, and now the Morty has become the Rick. And it's just guys who have never had sex before. <laughs> That's just very funny to me. You take the red pill you become Rick. <laughs> Take the blue pill, you become Morty. There's two pills, the Rick pill and the Pickle Rick pill. I love how that you guys make fun of people that reference Rick and Morty, and now we are referencing Rick There's and Morty. There's a Pickle Rick pill. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Pickle There's Rick three pill. pills. Yeah, go down the rabbit hole. See how far Pickle Rick goes. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly love Rick and Morty, but the people who are obsessed with it, it's just so funny to me. I, I feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those things like, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll say it. You know, I'll go on a limb here. It's like Dave Matthews Band. You know, I'm a big DMB fan. You know, Carter mm-hmm. Buford's one of my favorite drummers. Mm-hmm. And that's his uh, actual name. You're not being racist. His Carter, name is Carter Buford. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, that sounds like a made-up, like, name you would have for a black person. <laughs> dude, he's a badass. Yeah, he's damn a, old Carter Buford over there. He's a fat black dude that wears... He's buff uh, as shit, though, dude. He's, he, like, he's he's muscular. He's really... Easy. He Jesus has a huge Christ. gut. <laughs> But he's wearing like under yeah, he's armor. He's got a huge gut, but he's got like huge fucking biceps and like chest and his shit. His arm independence is just amazing. And I'm just like blown away. I'm studying it. And then I go to like a, an open mic or some dope brewery called like uh, fucking Dick's Millennial Pub. Right. And I'm like, all right, DMB, I love him. Dave Matthews, like, fucking nerd. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's just good music. They're like, ah, fuck off. What the fuck? No, you're a nerd. They're yeah, right. you're a fucking nerd, dude. No, I am imagining Kevin working at Dick's Last Resort. Do you guys know that <laughs> restaurant? Yes. What's Dick's Last Resort? It's the restaurant. It like got big in Dallas. It's the restaurant where you go and they're mean to you. Like if you wear a tie there, they'll cut it off. Yeah. And they're like, all right, welcome to Dick's Last Resort, assholes. Look at this bald motherfucker over here. You want yeah. some fucking cheese sticks, fatty? Yeah. I just imagine Kevin doing that, but he can't be mean enough at all. <laughs> He's like, welcome to Dick's Last Resort. A nice jacket, guy. <laughs> hey, great pants, 
person. <laughs> hey, I just want to say, nice shirt. You, right. you, uh, and midway through the meal, he's like, all right, and here's your uh, French fried onion rings. And uh, Nanette is bad, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, no, bring the mean guy Do out. Do you think there's too many employees there that like go too far? They're like, oh, look at this fucking rice farmer that just walked in. And the manager's like, okay, hold on, hold yeah, the phone. Yeah. Wait, wait a second. Like, hold look, on. This dumb bitch with all her cleavage out. I bet you're really independent. Huh? Right. He just yeah. like he just like gets to a table. And I think this might be a sketch, but scout, but we're going with it anyway. He gets to a table. He's like, all right, I'll be Jeff. I'll be your uh, waiter at Dick Slash. Like, look at you, dumb fucking bimbo. You know, nobody really fucking likes you, right? They just keep you around because they want to fuck you. And that's the only currency you have in this fucking world, you stupid whore. So and one day that's going to go away. That's going to go away and you're going to be left alone. Nobody's going to love you and you're going to be left fucking dead, but not dead yet. Who wants calamari? <laughs> Shut up, you tranny bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's like they, they go so far with being mean. They just like have a uh, like a black water fountain and a white water fountain. <laughs> like it's, it just goes back to like the right. 50s. Well, I'm just imagining they're Hannibal Lecter. Like they're psychologically like look at you with your cheap shoes and your dime yeah. bag sneakers. You're a rube. The manager's reading the bell curve. <laughs> what is the bell curve? I don't want to get into it, but it's this great book. You have to read it. There's a lot of good stuff in there, but only a couple chapters. I still don't what know is what it is. What is the bell curve? I actually don't know what it uh, is. So the bell curve. I mean, I want to be really cool and know what these references are. So the bell curve listed, like it, it studied all these different races and different IQ oh, okay. levels of all different right. races and like income. And Dude, did I ever like tell you about uh, my, uh, but I think there's some bad stuff in there. I think. No, you think? <laughs> but it says like Asians are the smartest. Are you saying race science might be bad? But it says Asians are the smartest. <laughs> Dude, did I, I, well, it doesn't even say white people are the smartest. Right. I'm sure some other groups are not listed well in but that the, book. But then it says, uh, it says at one point, Asians are probably extraterrestrial beings and that's why they're only... <laughs> No, I do. White people created. Well, it was like Kevin watching that Emerald Tablets video that one time. Do you remember that? I do remember that. I was so upset because we were about an hour and a half in to a three hour documentary about like how there's this ancient civilization and aliens came down and like gave these Emerald Tablets that like unlock knowledge. Yeah. And they made a slave race and then they had to make a race that could uh, be in charge of the slave race. And that was the Jews. (laughs) And I'm just like, fuck. I was like so an, excited like, about like learning. Atlantis was you're like an hour and a half in. It's, yeah. It is Atlantis. They talk about it. Hey, so I went in college. I got my degree in psychology. Graduate with honors. No big deal. And <laughs> yeah, uh, come us some loud. Yeah. I did. Come I really do. My kids don't know what's going on. I just disappear into the bathroom while I'm dumping loads into the toilet. I'm like, why is dad screaming? Yeah. And mom's and like, oh, he's having a good time. And you're jerking off onto your degree. Yes. Like a little mirror full of oh, coke. I didn't pay the $25 for the degree. It's not worth it. <laughs> did you really not? I didn't. I don't have it. Wow, Ke- that, that is there. a real that's a real Kevin move. Kevin turned yeah. the tube yeah. that had the diploma in it into a pocket pussy, and he fucks that <laughs> with the diploma in it. But I, I got I, uh, one of the classes we took was uh, psychological testing, and Doctor Kawagoa, who is an Asian man. Okay, I remember in the very beginning. He goes, "Look, we're looking with we're working with the Myers Briggs statistics on intelligence. This is not a political movement. This is what the numbers are." And he was so. Pissed. This is the first day. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I don't want to hear any shit about this. This is how the intelligence scores go. <laughs> Asians. Whites. Like, and he just goes down the line of the intelligence testing scores mm-hmm. one by one. And he's like, if anybody's got a problem with it, don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> he's like, this is the score. I'm not going to get into an argument. Right. We're dealing with psychological testing. And so he's like, well, you know, it has income issues. And he's like, I, I know. 
I know like, all about this. He's like, we could literally use anything to use the to just study a test. Mm-hmm. The Myers Briggs has the most data we can use to get off my fucking back. I don't want to hear about your right. bullshit. Oh, hey, dude. I- Oh, sorry. sorry. I was like, do you, very, have, do you have a bit? Con- I had a riff about okay, it. Okay, go ahead. Uh, how about it's saved by the bell curve? <laughs> okay, I don't I don't like it. And uh, is Screech a character in that? Yeah, Screech yeah, is Screech a character. Screech is like a white supremacist. Right. And, stuff. and then Zach's like, all right, freeze. And then he just like pants like the one black student <laughs> at the school. And he's like, all right, time in. And then like, the guy's like, oh, shit. Um, that's the whole bit. I was going to say I had... <laughs> I was going to say, I apologize. See, that's my role. My role on the podcast is to give a little bit to Ben, a little bit of Kevin and just keep everybody happy. You know, you mean like a little bit of good, a little bit of bad, you mean? (laughs) Just a, li- a little bit to the uh, the kindness. I give you like a little slice of bread. I give you a little slice of bread. You a little meat. You a little meat. By the end of the podcast, we have a sandwich for both of you. I'll talk about my mental health issues later, Kevin. I'll make you happy. There is stuff I want to get into, but yeah. every well, time I, we start it, we immediately get not funny for the rest of the podcast. So well, we have to like get the riffs out. I mean, we're top. we're only two minutes in, so <laughs> I mean, it's like. I was going to say, I have a really embarrassing story that still makes me cringe to this day. Well, we can talk shit about you while you do it. Yeah, exactly. So I was in my freshman. Let me just say the only difference between this podcast being serious and this podcast being hilarious is the absence or existence of uh, empathy. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, like, oh, well, fuck pussy. Right. It is like midway through the podcast. Somebody just opened a door like into space and all the empathy like flooded in. Yeah. And all of a sudden we're crying. Well, we just change. We just decide to be kind to one another for a half second. But I Yeah. The more I joke, the worse I feel. The feel feel free to shit on me for this because I'm an asshole in this story. That's why I feel bad about it. Okay. Um, so I was Bill Cosby's assistant in the eighties. <laughs> yes. No, I was, uh, it was <laughs> so I was Roseanne's social media manager. I've done a lot of bad stuff, kid. I was Owen Benjamin's manager. I'm like, go off, Owen, go Look, off King. I used to be a roofie dealer in the late eighties, <laughs> but I, only I was sold the bill. I was Scarface for roofies. Uh, I only sold the guy's name, Bill. If Clinton you got, and Cosby, if you got raped in the eighties, 80% of that came from my supply. <laughs> this is I can't condone that. That's you. Okay, back into the story. Um so I was in my fresh stop banging the glass like that. That's so distracting. Oh damn it, you fucking That fucking sucks. It's fucking not even suck, getting picked dude. up on the podcast at all. I, I we just me and Jace just finished a whole bottle of wine. Yeah, because we're wine girls. Dark horse. Um so I was in my freshman uh astrology class. Not astrology, Jesus um Christ. freshman um astronomy. It was a freshman physics class. Like you had to take a science class to get a credit. And I actually liked physics, so I took um, the physics class. <laughs> physics. Man. man, how could I fit this dick inside the <laughs> ass? Can you explain it to me mathematically? Well, actually, if you look at the law of conservation of energy, if a dick goes in, a force has to be exerted out. Wow. <laughs> like, baby, just start burping. When I start going in, you start burping. Wow. So the dick can fall at negative 9.8 meters per second squared into my ass? That's like, exactly like, right, I, well, Ben. Well, technically, yeah. That's feel- exactly right, Ben. Can you take the Pepe mask off, please, <laughs> in class for me? Benjamin? <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. I'm, laugh. I'm just laughing like the Joker. I hate the no, no Joker laughs. We will not talk about the fucking Joker on this. We might later, but not now. Jace is honk pilled now. I want to let the audience we'll, know. We'll get he into understands it. that I'm a honkler now, and he has empathy we'll, for me. We'll, we will get into it. Um, honk honk. You got to let me start this story, please, because um, it's a nightmare for the listeners. So you're a huge pussy inside <laughs> of a physics class, and you're being. Uh, so it's the first day of class, and because it's a it's a Christian college, the professor's going. Now I know there's a lot of interpretations of how creation started. Oh, some people it. believe the Bible, some people believe science. Yeah. We're going to study science. That doesn't necessarily mean it's 
sure anything and then he goes i want people we're gonna look at some stuff we can actually test right i want people i want us to just go around the room to disc- to talk about how open this idea is i want people to go around the room and let's talk about how you think the universe was created and people we spent an hour people raising their hands and being like i think god created in seven days somebody else stands up they're like i think god created it in eons but you know the bible is a metaphor all this type of stuff because Christian kids, like, they're so intense about their beliefs, they have to get it out. Well, yeah. If, if anything is slightly out of whack, c- according to Genesis, they're mm-hmm. going to, it's like, nothing matters. I have to start killing people. Right. So people are standing up. One girl stood up and she's like, I think 42 is the answer. And I'm like, all right, fuck you. I get it. You read the book. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, exactly. You're very cool. You fucking early 2011 pickle rick idiot and then the 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 uh, professor starts going into how that's true <laughs> actually i'm actually glad you brought that up um so this is what i'm embarrassed about everybody's sharing their opinions and i was so fucking bored and tired of it at one point this physics professor who i had talked to previously because i almost majored in physics really he was very I, I just i was really good at science i like science a lot huh um he was really nice to me, so I talked to him before class, and then you were at one really point, into the biological differences between male and female, mm-hmm, which is physics, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is none. Um, I love science. That's technically biology, but we won't get into it. I um, apologize. So anyway, I stood up like maybe and forty-five minutes to an hour into this conversation, and I go, uh, "Yeah, I think everybody's pretty much saying the same thing over and over again at this point, so I think we can move on." And then like the four biggest assholes in the class were like, this dude fucking rocks. And then the press was like, oh, I just wanted everybody to share their opinion. I'm like, oh, I was a fucking dick to the guy in front of everybody. But he's like, yeah, we'll move on if you need to move on. I just felt like a piece of shit for doing that. I uh, I remember in a, uh, in a small group one time, they were talking about the difference between Arminianism and Calvinism. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Arminianism and Calvinism. Yeah. So essentially, so the uh, biblically, mm-hmm. if you're you're saved and you're a Christian, it means that you know that God. So you can either look at it one way as a as an uh, a Calvinist, which says I think you're about to say as an Armenian. No, no, no. It's well, it's very close, but it's it is different. Um, like, and, bro, bro, come on. I mean, we go to hell when we die. Come on, we're bad people. <laughs> As a Calvinist, you have the decision to choose Christ, mm-hmm. and as a uh, an Arminian is uh, Arminianism. I don't know what it is. Uh, somebody, please feel free to write in and call me a, a mm-hmm. piece of shit. I-, I thought Calvinism was a predetermination thing. Yeah, it's, no, 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 it's no. predestination. No, no, that's where it's God has chosen whether who goes to hell and who. Well, does it's not. it's one or the other. I don't want to you know put my stake in the ground here. I got I only have a few stakes. I knew actual Calvinists, and that's yeah. I know I knew a Calvinist as well. It's, it's either, a very interesting theory because he's like. I'm like, so you think the people who are destined to go to hell, God chose them to go to hell from birth? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, man, that seems really fucked up, honestly. I don't know if I want a God to be like Well, that. how can a dead man reach out? You know, before before Christ, we were dead in our transgressions, and God breathed life into us. And then yeah. like but I, we were at a small group one time, and they were talking about the difference between this, and people were arguing. They were getting into it. And mm-hmm. I just remember emotionally being like, it doesn't fucking matter, you guys. <laughs> like at the end of the day, it's like, why are we arguing about something we have no control over? Mm-hmm. And the, I remember the the small group leader who became this a pastor of this huge church later on uh, was just like, Kevin, you really need to settle down. Like, we're just <laughs> we're just talking about uh, apologetics right now, and it's okay to be able to discuss this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, well, we're just fighting, and I don't want to fight anymore. <laughs> Look, we, it doesn't matter what we decide. The truth is the truth. 
And uh, and then I remember some girl came after, up to me afterwards and was like, I really liked your point there. She's <laughs> like, you know, I ain't married. <laughs> I could use a Bathsheba in my life. <laughs> I saw her bathing on the roof. Her pussy sweet, her titties big. A broken dick going inside her asshole. Is that a real song? In her asshole. In her asshole. In her asshole. I don't like this. In her asshole. I'm going to make a ruling right now. Jace, we can't finish a bottle of wine on the podcast <laughs> any longer. We are some silly bitches right now. Very, very silly. Yeah. This is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, Satan was actually on that Macklemore song. Yep. Love Macklemore. Yeah, Macklemore. Yeah. Oh, my favorite rappers. I'm Satan. I love Macklemore. Beastie Boys are great. Yeah. Uh, fucking uh, Vanilla Ice, yeah. uh, Eminem, yeah. Logic. Half of Logic is great. Yeah. I'm the devil. <laughs> yeah, I'm more like of a uh, little dicky guy. <laughs> I do like little dicky. I like this first album a lot. His I, second album, I really didn't like. I just really like his videos. Yeah, he's he's a funny guy, but yeah. So Ben, I mean, I think we're we're far enough into the podcast. All right, guys, you can turn the podcast off now. <laughs> I think we can go a little further. I think we're only 40 minutes of funny. Let's do like 10 minutes of funny. 10 more minutes of funny? Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, so, Ben, you're a fucking little bitch, right? <laughs> Kevin, shut the fuck up. Hey, Ben. Uh, fuck you. L- let me ask you a question. Um, how does it feel to just get fucked constantly <laughs> uh, by uh, just dudes that pay you $20 a, a bone? Um, it's not my favorite, <laughs> but seeing as that I am a gay man, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I just love it's me the wine Stacy the wine mom again. I just love having a gay friend I can abuse mentally yeah. all the time. Can, can I? Ask, I'm going to ask you a slightly serious question. You're a good looking man. Um, so uh, how do people ever accuse you of uh, uh, you and Tim of having some sort of uh, ulterior relationship outside of just a producer podcaster relationship no 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 out of the thousands of listeners no no one has ever came up to me and pointed me in the eye and said i bet you fucked that guy don't you people no? come up to me and they're like does ben fuck tim and i'm like oh yeah 100 yeah, right. he sucks well, him off every day let me be the first pin <laughs> i mean you're gay for pay and it's okay mm-hmm. um every gay day for payday Gay for payday. Yeah. Kid gloves candy. Uh, well, I apologize for bringing it up and then thanks for shutting it down immediately. And, uh, Oh, uh, yeah, I fuck him. Okay, cool. Uh, well, here's, here's to the dark horse. Yeah, cheers to the dark horse, which is the wine we're drinking. Yes. Not yes, the name yes. of a demon that we worship the dark horse. Yes. Yeah. The dark whores. Um, so we did actually watch Joker together. We did watch Joker. Yeah. And guys, I want to tell you something. Not one shooting. <laughs> Not any shooting. I and thought about doing one for a second. You did? Mm-hmm. What stopped you? What really? What turned you around? I just wanted to see the end of the movie. Yeah. yeah. That was the thing I was thinking, because there was the whole time there was a bit of anxiety, and you were talking about it after the movie, where you're just like, it kind of feels like your life is in danger, and we're just watching a movie. No, really, I, I made the metaphor, it feels like you're going on an airplane right now, because I know I'm not going to die. It's stupid to think that my theater's going to get shot up, but I'm still thinking about the idea of my death. Yeah. Like when I'm on an airplane. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting to watch the movie like that. I was just thinking the whole time, it was just like, if somebody was going to shoot up the theater, there were moments Mm -hmm. where there was like, uh, there were certain moments in the movie, I'm not going to spoil it for people, but 
where it was just like Joker starts Joker goes on Rogan that's the big climax of the movie <laughs> and he's like Jamie look that look that up Joe Joe no uh, Brian Redband is actually the Joker in mm-hmm. this movie uh, which mm-hmm. is interesting yeah uh, Joker at one point turns to young Batman and he goes do you think women squirt mm-hmm. <laughs> Brian Red Pillband <laughs> No, but I do remember there was a couple of points where I was like, this would be a great time. Mm-hmm. This would be a great moment to mm-hmm. make it happen. And then towards the end, I was just thinking like, if somebody was going to shoot up the theater, they would probably not wait till the end. Yeah. In my like, head, I was like, you fucking pussy. You chickened out. You yeah. can't shoot it up now. Like, I was going to I was gonna wait till the post-credit scenes were done <laughs> out of respect. Well, anyone that was going to shoot up the Joker movie would like stumble into the theater and like drop their bullets on the <laughs> <ground>. <laughs> And they'd be like on their hands and knees picking up like, I'm so sorry. Ray, excuse me, mister. Excuse me. I'm just trying to shoot up a movie. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I haven't talked to anybody in five days. <laughs> I'm sorry. These Yu-Gi-Oh cards spill out on the ground. Uh, oh, no. Those were my body shields. Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Dude, they were they, gonna protect me, dude. There was this kid. Uh, so you guys remember in like sixth grade PE class, uh, like you did just do stupid shit. Like everyone would bear crawl across the gym or some just bear some, crawl. Bear crawl is when you crawl on all fours. Yeah, that was like a football punishment. They made you bear crawl like two football fields or like crab. I heard the term bear claw. Do you know crab crawl. walk where you you lay on your back with yeah? Your yeah I know. Behind you. I know crab walk. Yeah, we well, were crab doing- walk is a reverse bear claw. Okay, but Cr- there's crawl. But the fun thing about sixth grade PE <laughs> is that there's so many people that aren't going to go on to do anything athletic with their life, but they're forced to like compete with everyone. Yeah. So like, there's these there's these kid. There was this one kid. He was like a pretty big boy. And he was into wearing leather jackets and doing magic tricks and all that. No, you were into what magic kid was this? <laughs> no, Kevin, like, how dare you? <laughs> You're the fucking one with the leather jacket, bitch. Hey, dude, I look like a I start punching you. I punch you so hard, your teeth disintegrate. <laughs> Jace, this was the. You never met this kid. He was in my class, but like he he had on. Uh, he would wear sunglasses that said Hot Wheels on the side. Jesus they were Hot Wheels. Christ! And he would like always talk to dad. He would be like, our dad. Our dad was a coach in, in the high school. He would like talk to dad. He'd be like, Yeah, my yeah. I'm, like when I when I turned sixteen, like my dad's definitely giving me the Harley. Like he gave me these sunglasses. Actually, they're actually really expensive. <laughs> right. and, and he's just like ke- keeps popping his leather jacket because he thinks it's so fucking badass. Hell yeah! One of those kids. He's a sweet kid, but right? Like he's just his identity is is misplaced into like sons of anarchy type types of <laughs> types of people right but it's like you can't be a sons of anarchy guy you can't drive so right. this is like retarded <laughs> um but he would do like magic tricks at lunch and stuff mm-hmm. and this this kid and i remember in sixth grade he did dude he did this crab walk across the gym with all of us and i remember being on the other side and as soon as he begins crab walking the entire length of the gym his his giant deck of fucking Yu-Gi-Oh cards <laughs> In his cargo shorts, one spills out, and they slowly, and he doesn't notice. Dude, it's like, you know, the, like a slug will leave a trail, or a snail will leave a trail? He left an entire trail of like 700 Yu-Gi-Oh cards it's that like fell a, out of his cargo shorts across the gym. It's like an incel slug. Yeah. It's an incel slug, dude. He just, he had to walk across the gym and pick up 700 Yu-Gi-Oh cards that he had at his cargo oh shorts God, while we so... all just watched him. Like like a hundred people in a gym were just watching this. It's like a nightmare scenario Dude, for it this would, kid. It would have been less embarrassing if he just shit himself halfway through the crab walk and smeared right. shit all over the right. floor. Right. Oh, dude, Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh was hot. It's dude. like if he just spilled 700 V cards. <laughs> Just like on the ground. He's like, God Dude, damn it. I fucking remember. That reminds me of a story where our dad had to coach PE at every school that he was at. He always resented it. Yeah. That he had to, because PE was full of the losers who didn't do anything. And so our dad was coaching PE. Well, 
And PE was mostly, I swear to God, PE was he let them shoot around in the gym while he worked out. Shoot in the around? Way, shoot around. Yeah, just do school shoot, shootings. Shoot guns in the gym. Shoot basketballs. Like, I don't want to do this. Just give them guns. Let them shoot around. And they'll wear themselves out. Just give them some makeup and <laughs> let them go to town. All right, so they're shooting balls. They're shooting the balls, and my dad would just work out in the weight room next door. Like My dad would be bench pressing when he's supposed to be like teaching yeah. kids about physical activity. Like smoking a cigarette, <laughs> listening to Thin Lizzy. Yeah, our dad's working out in his like driveway. Yeah. He's got like cinder blocks that he's doing curls with. It's like that scene from American Beauty. Right. He's just rolling a joint. Mm-hmm. He's like that guy in that 600 pound life we watched where he's just doing like curls in the hotel room while his like 800 pound wife Dude, is like I, dying. I wish we could pull that up right now, but uh, okay, keep continue. So our dad was, um, he, was, he always hated the kids. And then at one point, I think one of the kids, like they were, te- like they were bullying him. Like everybody was teaming up on him, making fun of him. And he came to my dad and he goes, Coach Avery, they're making fun of me. And then my dad, I think, said something to the effect of he didn't. He probably didn't say pussy, but said something to the effect. He's like, "Why don't you stand up for yourself? You, you're just going to be a pussy your whole life." Yeah. And the kid like, well, he's like, "Shut up!" And he like went away. And then like 20 <laughs> minutes later, my dad is like done working out, and he goes back into the gym, and he's just standing there. And all of a sudden, a ball just sp- just spikes him on the side of his head, like right your in dad? his ear. Yeah, my dad. Jesus. Like he left a mark on my dad's head. And it was this kid who we called Butters. I forgot that because he was really small and he had blonde hair. So we called him Butters, like South Park. And he, great. he had hit my dad, and my dad looks over and he goes, Did you just throw a ball at me? And he goes, Don't call me pussy. And then he just started crying immediately and tried to run away. Oh, man, that was so close to being good. What? Like, if, if he hadn't started crying, oh, like right, right. I would have been proud of him. Like, right. good for you, kid. I thought you saying my story was almost that close to being good. No, no, no. I I just like the idea of your dad, like, don't be a pussy. And then he walks out and some kid shoots him in the face. Right. He's like, I'm so proud of you. I'm right. so proud of you, kid. And that kid grows up to be Elon Musk. But yeah, no, that kid probably just is dead now. Yeah. Well, God willing. He's probably working at one of those... Uh, what are like do you remember at the mall in Abilene Texas Jace there was a place called like Bill's Gifts and it was just like you'd go in and it's like Yu-Gi-Oh cards that cost $900 and Pokemon I do cards remember that there was a collectible store at the Abilene Mall it was I think it was called Bill's Collectibles and it, it just was had, like like it was like a katana signed by like Quentin Tarantino for <laughs> right. like, like $5,000 <laughs> right it was like hey are you the only virgins in this small Texas yeah. town come down here and you won't get screamed at yeah they had a they That's had a great. they had a coat rack at the front just so you could put your fedora on <laughs> right you're perusing they the, had uh, a box you could put your AR-15s in <laughs> before you walked in <laughs> It's like an old timey like prohibition saloon. They're like, yeah. check your guns at the door, man. Yeah, and there's just like fellows. And then there the, would just be like signed Wayne Gretzky jerseys mm-hmm. from like not even from the team he played on most right. of the time. And I swear to God, we went to that mall a lot. I swear to God, they never made a cent. Nobody bought a single thing mm-hmm. from that store. No. Dude, it was I- probably just some oil guys like rich retarded son who he like gave him money to like pay for a store. I just remember it, like I would go in and look at the Pokemon holographic cards mm-hmm. that were like $85 and just, just retarded. You stuff. were doing you were doing that and then I was trying to like I would s- slowly walk by the Victoria's Secret store just to see if I could see some titties. Nice. I would yeah. walk by the Victoria's Secret. I would just out of the corner of my eye look and I'd be like, ah, it's just fat moms. God damn it. Yeah. Just uh, fat mom after dude, fat mom. I uh, one I was given an assignment at T-Mobile once to to bump up the numbers at this this uh, kiosk inside the Sierra Vista Mall, uh-huh. and one of the stores. So it, almost every it was literally like in this store uh, in this mall, it would be a storefront, 
Empty location, empty location, empty location, empty location, empty location, another storefront. Right. And one of them was one of those fucked up places. And they had a bunch of these, like, uh, uh, one of these cats, one of these, uh, what are they, Japanese or Chinese? Um, um, I think it's Chinese. Chinese cats. And then they have... Uh, With the ka- arm waving back and forth. Yeah, they'd have katanas, and then they'd have, like, alien versus predator characters. Mm-hmm. And like all this bullshit, like a a, a three thousand piece puzzle set of Pokemon, <laughs> and uh, I just remember my manager coming in and just being like, "Kevin, what the fuck is going on with these goddamn numbers?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "There's this mall that is a huge ass mall sees three people mm-hmm. all day. <laughs> like there literally be three people walking by to like, I want to get me myself a katana. I can't." <laughs> I can't wait to get inside of this place. It's going to be so awesome. Like, hey, friend, you want to get in a you get a cell phone? No, I have no friends to talk to. Yeah, for real. <laughs> They're like, I, I, please, I'll be fine. I have a can on a string that goes to my neighbor. <laughs> More like low T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ain't wrong. Those motherfuckers ain't working out. Mm-hmm. They ain't doing keto. Mm-hmm. By the way, I feel fucking great today. And I was telling Jace, I think- Because you drank half a bottle of wine? I drank half a bottle of wine <laughs> and I slept for more than three hours last night. So I'm really patting myself on the back. Mm-hmm. And we're getting that tea up. Yeah, that testosterone up. Yeah, me and Jace were learning that on the Rogan episode that if you don't get eight hours a night, you have the same testosterone level as someone 10 years your senior. Yeah, I so was it telling, ages you by 10 years. I was telling really? Kevin that. Yeah, it's crazy. Maybe that's why I'm so wise. <laughs> Huh. I want to go back to thought about that, I want to yeah. go back to the mall real quick because the mall was a magical place when I was a kid. Amen. I remember being because we were good Christian kids, I remember being scared of the mall. Does that really? relate to you guys at all? No. I was scared of some stores like Abercrombie and Fitch. Jason, I know because there were like kids walking around with like chains on their jeans. Yes. And you're like, oh man, that's like <laughs> shit, that's like a thug. Dude, he's it, like but it's like a fifteen year old kid. Right. I'm like, dude, he's like in the outsiders. I'm like, no, that's just some like loser who won't yeah. have sex for ten years. Yeah. yeah. The, the Janko jeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, just like some huge it's just some guy that's gonna grow up to be a juggalo. <laughs> right. Like he's just gonna drink Fago in a trailer park. And I'm like, damn What's dude, that he's Fago? like a, he's like a he's like a drug trafficker. Right. Probably. Dude, I remember I would work myself up to go into American Eagle to buy some jeans. I'd be like, all right. And then I like step in and everybody be cool. And they'd have like jokes that had like sex puns on them and shit. I remember, dude. Hell yeah. I remember getting in a fight with my mom. It was right after I got really thin because I was fat and then I was I was anorexic. So I lost a bunch of weight and I was really thin and actually looked really good. Great stuff. It was great work, dude. (laughs) I honestly, I never looked better in my life. I mean, I looked like a skeleton, but I had a six pack and a spine. (laughs) I really did, dude. I had like a I had like a fucking six pack and then you could see like my spinal bone going up my chest. Like that's how thin I was. And I I loved it. You see, ever see the picture of Tara Reid after she did that? She was like trying to do a comeback, and then it would just. I think I just did. Skeletor with big fake tits. <laughs> that was me. I yeah. still had the big fake tits. Hell yeah! But I would pump myself to go on American Eagle, and I got in a fight with my mom over. I wanted to buy a hat because I bought all this cool clothes that cool kids would wear. Yeah, like I bought a shirt that said um, "She's so lucky," and it had an arrow pointing over to the side. You had and one I would... that said uh, "Give me your tots," mm-hmm. a Napoleon Dynamite reference. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. That's be, like a great. I shirt. would walk around. People be like, "Dude, Napoleon Dynamite, that's badass." I'm like, "Yeah, dude, it's fucking cool as shit." <laughs> and that was my 15 year old existence. But you'd actually be like, "It's freaking cool as heck." Yeah, it's it's freaking cool as fudge, dude. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, what an epic shirt. <laughs> Well, we used to say bleeping. I go, it's so bleeping cool, dude. Yeah, me and Jace for a long, for like the first 19 years of our life said bleeping instead of, we weren't allowed to swear. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've been so, there. So we'd be like, what the bleep? 
Like that, I was known as the guy that said bleep all the yeah. time. I remember my mom would always get mad at me because I'd walk up to her and I'd, I'd flip her off with my ring finger instead. I'd be like, eh, and she'd be like, Jace, I'm like, it's my ring finger. It's not the finger. <laughs> you fucking Well, you just push boundaries as a, as a funny person. That's what you do. Yeah, right. I, I would. I remember. I remember when I first moved to LA. One time, I was with uh, Brian Vokey At one point, I just remember he's like, "God darn it, I'm so freaking pissed." <laughs> and he was like, uh, "He was like, I have never heard anybody <laughs> say something seriously by saying gold darn it and freaking." And I was just like, I apologize. Yeah. Uh, I just walked out of the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it funny that on the Andy Griffith show, uh, they were all gay guys? Yeah, they were all gay. Yeah, Jim Neighbors was like, died from AIDS. Yeah. Were they really so, all gay? Dude, Jason, there was, I think there was so, a couple actors who were like closeted homosexuals on the Andy Griffith show. But uh, wow. Barney Fife, played by uh, the great uh, Don Knotts, Don Knotts uh, supposedly he he just lived in Burbank his whole life, like after the show. And yeah. He would just like fuck like a hundred hookers a day. Mm-hmm. Really? Male yeah. hookers? When he was on- I think he did everything. This is a Nick Swartzen story, but when he was on Three's Company, they'd always have like a new hot chick for like Jack to be dating. That's my and he'd boy. be like, well, if you want to get on the show, you got to come back to my trailer. <laughs> and then he just fucked the shit out of these women. Andy. Like, hey, Andy, you want me to do what? <laughs> With my what? You want me to hear what? Yeah. Intercourse with a woman, Andy. Yeah, but but if oh, Barney Five, Andy. if he was actually playing Barney Five, he would have fucked the town drunk right. like every night in his cell. Yeah. He just would have like raped him right. and then fucked the cow he was riding on because he thought right. it was a horse because he was so drunk. If it was a real guy, he would have fucked like the town drunk they put in the jail cell with like a gun to his head. He's like, "Dude, you fucking tell us all about this, you bitch!" And then he'd spit on him and walk away. <laughs> Dude. The, the, how- <laughs> How great was the town drunk in that show? He would always like ride through town on a cow thinking it was a horse because he was blackout drunk. And he would lock himself up in jail. I think because he was just going to rape people when he was drunk. I don't know why. That was literally in the show. There'd be like a scene where they're having a serious conversation in the jailhouse. Yeah. Like Andy and Opie or something. He was like, now Opie, that's why it's bad to steal. He's like, I'm sorry, dad. And then the town drunk would walk through the door and he's like, well, evening, Andy, evening, Opie, going to lock myself in the jail. And he would, he would walk into the jail cell. He would close the door. He's like, let me sober up real quick. And it's like, what was he going to do that he had yeah, to keep himself he, he locked just, up? He, he hands Andy his child porn. He's like, about to do something bad, Andy. That, he comes in with a, with a cross and a, and, a, and a thing of gasoline. He's like, Andy, I was about to do something bad. Oh, Frank, you're up to a bunch of nonsense now. I can really see... I could see one of you guys doing that and just walking in. Well, I had a couple of bite a bottle of dark horse. Uh, time to lock me up here. Uh, Andy, I had a El Presidente margarita at Chili's and they just kept refilling it. So lock me in this tank so I don't rape dude, any people. Dude, honestly, pretty good system if the prison had a self admittance thing because some people yeah. actually try to commit crimes to get in jail. Yeah, so that could, is true. So if you could be like, oh, I'm having a manic episode, I'm scared I'm going to do something, they'd be mm-hmm. like, okay, just sign this and you're in jail for 30 days right. in your cell. Yeah. Well, there actually away. is a lot of people that know in the finale of Andy Griffith, he shoots an unarmed black teen and it causes some media <laughs> firestorm. He's like, he was trying to get in my car. He was like, he was reaching for a, a <laughs> bottle of bubbles. Andy, he was reaching for a Snickers bar, which did exist in the yeah. 50s. We fact checked this. Yeah. And then, and then uh, Barney Fife is the 
is Charlottesville guy <laughs> right. who ran over everybody. <laughs> right. He's just trying. He's like, hey, dude, I got to get out of here. And he's Bar- just running uh, over people. Barney Fife is a great version of like a cop that accidentally shoots an unarmed person. He really fucking he's just is. Like, ah, ah. <laughs> he's just shaking. Right. His he's, eyes are huge. He reaches <laughs> for his gun and it like bobbles in his hand like it's bouncing up and down and then it just goes off and shoots <laughs> Trayvon Martin. Well, just the idea of like a, a terrified police officer that's just like <laughs> so fucking scared at everything yeah he's just like shooting at black widows and like he's shooting at daddy long leg spiders right now i don't say black widows. there was a there was a woke comic i won't say his name but he is um he won a million dollars at the at he at a casino he won a million dollars he's like a member of the for DS- being woke no if you're being woke <laughs> he just walked in there like you sir love communism here's a million no he he ironically dude played the big bang theory slot machine and won Holy as a shit. joke he won a million dollars and he said he was going to run for the sheriff of la county and we were just joking that he actually went because he's like the wokest guy of all time. Like he just tweets about like how white people are bad and shit. I want to know who this is now. I'll tell you after the pod. Thank um, God. It's um, it's Tim Dillon. Um, <laughs> no, he, we were just joking that the day he gets elected as sheriff, like they're signing him in and they get his gun. He just accidentally drops it and it shoots like a black teen like immediately. <laughs> yep. Well, it's I mean. That'd be funny if there was an episode of Andy Griffith where uh, Andy's like, now, Opie, you need to know that you need to go to church every Sunday. Mm -hmm. And then he finds Opie in a black church. He's like, well, (laughs) now, okay, so there's nothing wrong with black church, Opie, but those aren't our people. Now, we need to go over here. Listen, Opie, you know, I love those people, but it's separate, you know, and that's for a reason. But it's equal. And then he (laughs) looks into the camera and it says, wink. If I ever go That's back, all, folks. If, if I ever go back to church, I, 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 and this is no bullshit. I will probably go back to a black church, like right. a Southern Baptist black church. It's the best. You'll go to the Catholic church from Sister Act. That's what you'll be in, <laughs> dude. I will go to a black church in the Big Mama's outfit. No, I, yep. uh, yeah, but I won't be in blackface. Okay, okay, so it's woke. So you're just a fat woman. I'm a fat white woman, <laughs> and I'm going to black church. Right, but if you're a fat white woman, you would just hate black people because all fat white women hate black men. No, that's not true. Uh, they love. They love. I mean, no. where else are they going to get? I'm talking. About, sorry, I'm They're talking, just trying to get boned. I'm down, talking Jace. about old fat white women hate black men. Is yeah, that but, true? But black I men love them. I think a lot of white women are very racist towards. Do you black mean men. like white women? I'm 100. That, that look like. Uh, do you mean white? women that look like Merle and uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog? Yes. Jesus that Christ. That woman? Is what that her reference. name Merle or something? Myrtle. Myrtle. Yeah. You're talking about women that look like Myrtle. Yeah. Courage the Cowardly Dog? What the fuck is that? Was that was a great show, That dude. was a great show. Fuck you. It was on Cartoon Network. Really? Yeah. His, mm-hmm. his name was Courage because he was trans. That's good. He just, mm-hmm. he dared and to be himself yeah. in public. And mm-hmm. he was, he was, he was a, he was pink pilled. So that's why the dog was pink. Mm-hmm. It was a trans pink pilled dog. It's like you left the house so brave. Ah, uh, wow. Yeah, the all, all the courage does, Jace. It, the updated version of Courage the Cowardly Dog is he just posts online. <laughs> he just posts like the most woke stuff, and right. he posts he posts selfies of him being like four hundred pounds. Right. The scary monster from every episode is just a guy who shows up in a maga hat. He's like, oh, <laughs> he's freaking out. <laughs> Oh, the Myrtle's like, oh, come into our house, meet our dog. Oh. 
every episode they just uh, invite a different form of discrimination <laughs> into their home. Right. Like a Blue Lives Matter guy. Right. A mega guy, a cop. Just a black guy, but an actual black guy, not a woke black guy who white people love to be around. <laughs> yeah, just a real black guy who grew up on the streets yeah, and yeah. like has opinions <laughs> that are different. <laughs> his eyes pop out of his head. <laughs> Oh, uh, wow. So anyway, I think we can get serious now because we're like right at an hour. Okay. It's so either, I, it's either racist or serious. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's time for seriousness uh, or at least a version of uh, Ben. How the fuck are you? You said you were depressed and you were going to kill yourself or something. Yeah. That's what I said off air. Okay. Yeah, now yeah. that we're on the air, I'm doing great. Okay, good. <laughs> um, no, uh, I've, uh, I've been, uh, I had a kind of a breakdown about a week ago. Really? Yeah, I just started crying a lot. Really? You did seem, you did seem a little upset. I didn't know if that was something. Yeah, but I, I'm doing fine now. I'm The reason I'm stressed is because I've, I've been working so much, I haven't been going to the gym. Mm-hmm. And the more I don't go to the gym, the worse my sleep gets. Yeah. And when I don't sleep, like today I woke up at like six in the morning and I was like, fuck, like I went to bed at midnight to get eight hours. But I couldn't go back to bed till eight thirty, and then I slept till eleven fifteen. I'm like, fuck! Like I needed those three hours to like really get some shit done. Yeah. But the, so then I didn't have time today to do all my shit and go to the gym. So now the process will keep like. I, so I'm anxious because I'm not going to the gym because I'm not sweating. I'm not. I'm not physically active. It's all connected to this. It, it's weird how if you don't, if just one thing gets out of sync, everything else starts getting out of sync too. It's like not updating your phone. Yeah. Well, it's, mom- it's momentum, you know. You get caught in a negative momentum, um, and then things start going south. Yeah, but I just had I had a lot of like uh, like realizations this past week about like how I just like I feel like a fucking loser, and I don't I just don't want to feel like a loser anymore. And I kind of realize that it's up to me to not feel that way. Yeah, because so many things are happening in my life that are very positive, and there's, yeah, there's a there's a great outcome for a great future for me. Right. And I mean, not great as in like, you know, I'm going to be a billionaire or something. Don't you have to justify it? I know what you're saying. Like in terms of things I want to do, things I find fulfillment in. Yeah. But like the closer I get to that goal, like I still at the end of the day feel like I'm a huge loser. Yeah. Just because of the things that you say and how you act and stuff? Well, yes. No, (laughs) seriously, Kevin, because like there's all like there's all this irony shit I need to get away from. I need to get offline. I need to be in the gym more. I need to take better care of myself mentally, physically, emotionally. Like I I told you the other day, Kevin, like I had a huge realization two months ago and I I I wonder if anyone in the listening to this is gonna relate. I wanted to call one of my if not my best friend back home I wanted to call him at like three in the afternoon because I was just like I love him and I just want to call him and tell him he means a lot to me yeah and I didn't I put the phone down and I just like laid in bed and I just sat and was thinking and I was like oh I just I just need to like nap or something and I was like holy shit I'm not doing the things I want this is going to sound very banal but I was like I'm not doing the things I want to be doing. I had the thought, I want to call a friend who I love and tell him he means a lot to me and I care a lot about him and, and what, and catch up with him and see how things are going. And I didn't do it. And I was like, so that means if I wanted to do that and I didn't do it, something is seriously wrong in my life. What am I not fucking addressing? And I called my friend and I told him everything that went, like I I gave him a a short spill of like, I wanted to call you and tell you I love you and I didn't do it. And I was laying there and I realized that something is incredibly wrong in my life. And now I'm just thinking, what is wrong? What is causing me to not do the things I want to do? And he's like, well, you're probably just avoiding something that you're not doing. You're not addressing something. And I, I thought about it. I was like, oh, I'm not helping Katie plan for the wedding in any way. 
because it yeah. just it just stresses me out. Right. And so and then no, it's, I, fu- it's funny how I n- I've noticed that too. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm the best man in your wedding, and you never asked me to be the best man. Yeah, I know. I just kind of piece. It's okay. It's fine. You know, I love that I'm your best man. I but love you. Also, that's insanely autistic. I know, but it's like you. you know, I'm your brother, so I understand that. I just kind of piece. It I just together. thought you knew too. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, I piece it together from <laughs> hints. I mean, I I love you. Yeah. No, of course I love you too, and I'm not gonna cry because I've had three glasses of wine. Gay. Um, but I remember I think Kevin was over and like Katie like said something about me being the best man. I'm like, okay, so am I just the best man? Cause you have to actually tell me that I can't just assume I'm the best man. Yeah. Ben gets pissed off at me for not showing up to officiate the wedding. He never <laughs> actually asked me. Well, Chase, you were the first person I told that I was going to marry Katie. Yeah, that was a really, yeah. That and was I was a- like, I was, I don't know if I cried or not, but I was just like, it was really hard for me. To, I'm like, I hope you still have the ring. I'm going to marry Katie. Like, on, yeah. on, I'm going to do it either well, on the 23rd or 24th. What do you mean you hope I remember he still the, has the ring? I remember Jace, well, the, Jace held on to the ring for me for like two years because I was still too afraid to ask Katie to marry me. Yeah. Oh, really? It was, you had um, the ring for two years? It was our yeah. grandmother's ring and Ben... Well, ah. grandmother's mother's ring. It's yeah. from like 1904. 1904. Yeah. So it was just... Um, I had it for two years in my closet because otherwise Katie would have found it. I hit it under all my pocket pussies full of cum. Hell yeah. Um, I just, yep. Like I just, a pearl inside of a clam. <laughs> right. Just hit the ring inside of a pocket Throw pussy. off her scent. All right. For two years She's and then. like, what's the one thing I don't <laughs> like or use? <laughs> oh, pussies. Uh, great. Um, no, and then I, I, I just was sitting on it for two years and then one day I was just making something on the stove, I remember. Um, and then Ben came up to me. He's like, yeah. He's like, do you sell the ring? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, I'm going to propose to Katie. And I was just like, really? And I was like, immediately, because I'm such a fucking emo, I immediately was, I started crying and then I hugged you, which we don't hug that much, but it's okay. You know, it's whatever. It's we've what hugged we are. a couple times. It's what we are. Um, it's, it's okay. It's great, man. Yeah. And then I was just like, I'm so happy for you guys. And I just started weeping. Yeah. That's awesome. I called him a faggot. Yeah, they called me a faggot and then threw a water balloon at me. I started popping him with a towel. I got a towel from the shower that was like old and mildewy and I started popping him in the dick with it. Right, and I'm just weeping. I pushed him down a flight of stairs. Yeah, and then at one point I threw a basketball at the side of his head. I go, don't call me a pussy. (laughs) Full circle. So yeah, uh, on the phone with the friend, I was like, I I realized that. And then I realized that the first time I had the thought of like, Oh, I need to help plan the wedding. I felt like a piece of shit because I'm I struggle with intimacy and I don't like the idea of a wedding and a day being about me and all that stuff. Yeah. It makes me really fucking uncomfortable that I'm still having a wedding. That was one of the reasons why it was I struggled to propose, but it's just hard for me to have a conversation like the one I'm having now. Yeah. It's very very painful for me. It's like pulling on my hair. It hurts my heart to be to be a normal, earnest person. It's kind of arousing, though, right? What? Like pulling on your hair. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm hard right now. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah. It, so then I realized, I was like, oh, I had the first thought about, I need to help Katie with the wedding and plan it. I can't lay it all on her and her mom and my parents. Or, well, my parents aren't really helping, but with, with, with her and her parents and stuff. And I, I realized, I was like, oh, the first time I realized I should be helping planning the wedding it was too painful for me to talk about with Katie and Katie's like, Oh, I know it's too pain. It's this stuff's hard for you. Mm-hmm. And then, so I just ignored that thought and it was really hard to ignore that thought. And then the second time Katie tried to ask me about the wedding, it was a little bit easier yeah. to ignore that thought of knowing the thing I ought to do. Right. By the time it was three, four months later, I wasn't helping planning with the wedding at all. And I was just like really bothered and really anxious. And I felt really fucked. And I'm like, why do I feel so fucked? 
And then I traced it back to there's just something in my life that I'm not not mm-hmm. doing. But you, if you keep ignoring that thing, it's so hard. Dude, it's actually really hard to trace back the origin of why do I feel really fucked off? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I remember there's been a lot of times in my life where I, I was, because I can always trace it back to dishonesty mm-hmm. for a lot of me. And I think it does come down to, to that a lot. And I think that's why, I mean, this podcast and, and, and uh, just kind of the, the, the openness of this podcast, just trying to talk to and riff the way we would if we weren't being recorded or uh, just talking to people and being as honest as possible. You know what I mean? And when I know that I've been dishonest at some point, either with myself or with whatever, if I can't trace it back, I start feeling like, because I feel this guilt. Right. I'll feel this guilt about something and going like, what the fuck? is going on it's like oh that's right you you lied right right you've been yeah. lying to yourself or this you, is you've been lying to the world about who you are or whatever and you forgot you completely forgot yes. well yeah this yeah. is this is i kind of actually want to talk about it so it's convenient you brought it up but this was like a big discovery for me in therapy was in the last couple weeks was i think i kind of talked to you about that on the podcast where i cried kevin was um I you kind barely of, cried. By I the barely way. cried. Like a man, I cried. I wouldn't have noticed unless you uh, weren't uh, sopping up a whole shower <laughs> towel with your tears and uh, blowing my nose like a big steam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I realized I was talking about this in therapy where th- there's these narratives, you know, that you buy into about yourself. Yeah, and those are really dangerous. Like the narrative for me is like I feel like I go the opposite of Ben, where I really want to embrace my emotions. I've talked about this to you where I'll be depressed and I'll kind of embrace my depression where I'm like, this is what I'm feeling right now. And then the narrative I tell myself is like, Oh, I can't do this or I can't, you know, I can't go work out or I can't get up at nine and go to work or I can't draw something for tomorrow that I'm really excited to draw or anything because I've told myself this narrative of I am a depressed person. And because of that narrative, I bought into the story. Like there's these grand stories that we tell ourselves, like in a Campbellian yeah. type sense. I tell myself the story that I'm a depressed person and I can never escape this kind of bottomless pit that I'm in. But the way to escape it is to realize that that story is not true. Because when right. I believe that story is true, it's impossible to escape that pit. And the metaphor I kind of came up with my therapist, I was really proud of this. I came up with it myself. I'm not giving her any credit. Um, That's right. I came up with this myself. Was I go, you know, my whole life I thought I was trapped in this bottomless, inescapable pit. And then I looked at it from a different angle and I realized it was just a circle drawn on the ground. But if you look at it from above, it looks like a pit that you're stuck in. Yeah. And realizing that it's just a two-dimensional circle That's that I'm standing good, in. Yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, realizing that I'm, it's a two-dimensional circle that I'm standing in. If I realize that, I can leave that space at yeah. any point. Yep, and it's a man's asshole. Actually. And it's a man's ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. it is amazing the power of the stories that you tell yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the th- uh, one of the things that I always try to tell myself. And and it's usually when I'm telling somebody else who mm-hmm. is verbalizing what's going on with them is the is putting yourself in the driver's seat emotionally. And it doesn't have to be true it can be a beautiful metaphor it can be bullshit it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter if you can if you can essentially tell yourself a story that you have control right then you actually will gain some control because so much of this shit is in your own fucking head mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with external forces it may i mean external forces may be contributing to it mm-hmm. but at the end of the day i think a lot of times when you're in a depression or you're in a spot where you don't want to be the easiest thing to do is to tell yourself that you have no choice 
that you are a victim to your circumstances Mm -hmm. and that there's no other option for other than for you to feel the way that you feel. And that's the worst part about depression is that's what depression puts in your head. It literally puts that idea in your head that you can't change. This is just who you are. And you know what's funny is all of us are the same because you guys can tend to be too open and tell everybody your problems uh-huh. and make people uncomfortable. Well, I don't know about that. Well, to 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 a degree for sure. Mm-hmm. No, and, I'm but, jo- I'm and, joking. No, yeah, yeah. and I make people uncomfortable because I'm so emotionally closed off. They feel like they can't get to me. Uh-huh. But both accomplish the same goal, which is just to push people away from you. Yeah. Whether you're way too open or way too closed off, mm-hmm. it, it's it's the same thing. It's like, hey, you're never gonna get to know me. Yeah. Well, I was so open at a certain point that I was pushing away a lot of friends, honestly. Like, not necessarily you guys, but I would be in, like, you know, group text on a man like this one or that one, and I would just be, like, revealing how sad I feel and talking about how I suck and nobody will like me. And then at a certain point, like, the friend groups that I was sending these messages in were like, hey, man, we can't do anything for you. Like, you got to... Right. At a certain point, you know, it's like it's a message coming out of love, but it feels very hateful at the moment where it's like, dude, you got to buck the fuck up. Well, yeah, it's it's a thing too. Like a lot of times, you when you're you're telling a good friend who's been there for you mm-hmm. that you have no friends. Yeah, you're going, what the fuck? Right. Like, who the fuck am I? Well, thank yeah. Well, you know, it's been hard, you know, because all my friends are like fake. Right. You know, and I uh, I'm so glad I can talk to you. You know, uh, mm-hmm. because all the people that I talk to are full of shit. <laughs> right. And uh, they, uh, you know, I don't really, I'm not able to be myself because uh, everybody that's my friend or pretends to be my friend isn't actually my friend. They're going. Oh, are we not friends? Right. <laughs> like it's you're literally manifesting uh, a, a truth. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. With it, I'm. I mean, there. I, I've had a lot of points in my life, and I think I've done better as I've gotten older. But I just I remember being you know being a kid and thinking a lot of the times, mm-hmm. no friends. I got no friends. Yeah, yeah. Every the only people reason people like me is because I'm like a fucking TV and I can entertain them and they can turn TV on and they get entertained. But the moment that I want to be a real person, they don't give a fuck about me. <laughs> and I'm telling like the nicest people in the world that are my closest friends are like, oh, we care about you. And I'm like, oh, yeah. well. Do you though? I mean, I don't know because nobody. And then the next day, yeah, no friends. Fucking everybody hates. And then people just going like, what? Well, uh, okay, I thought I liked you. Right. I thought we were really close. I, I say often that I didn't have any friends until I was twenty one. And there's five specific people who would get really mad if they heard me say that. Absolutely, because they were my friends. But the unfortunate thing was they never saw the real me because I wasn't the real me until. Yeah. I was like 22, 23. You know, there's this C.S. Lewis book called Till We Have Faces. It was the last book he ever wrote. Yeah. And it was really good. And it's kind of this um, retelling. Come St. Louis. Come St. Louis. That's right. Um, Got him. Yep. Louis, <laughs> Louis Gomez Lewis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis Gomez. Um, J.R.R. Mar- Tolkien black guy. <laughs> Carlos Luis Lewis. Yeah, that's right. It's Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Oh, Furder. We got to get the ring to murder. <laughs> the Urukai. Oh, no. The Urukai. The Urukai. Oh, the Trurs are coming for us. CERN. They have a gerblin. Oh, <laughs> uh, Gandalf. Sam Wise the Gamgee. Yeah. Gandalf the, gr- the white. Why not Gandalf the black, huh? <laughs> all, right, so all right. All right. We all were right. just talking about how we wanted to die. <laughs> well, I think that's an element of of the personality. I think that that's what it is, you mm-hmm. know. And I think I also think that that, that is where I uh, I don't know. I think real humor comes out. Right, Jay. Sorry, you were talking about serious. Till We Have Faces. Till We Have Faces. Yeah, this yeah, is book sorry. he wrote. It's a, it's, a, it's it's a retelling of the mythology of the story of like Cupid and Pythagoras or something like a character I forget. 
but it's this character who has like been cursed her whole life. Um, she's like just gone through trial after trial. She's like scarred horrifically. And by the end of her life, she hates the gods. It's like the ancient Greek gods. She hates the gods. She curses them. She goes, like a thing she keeps saying throughout the book is like, why won't you talk to me? Why won't you meet me face to face? Yeah. And I can talk to you about all this basic like bullshit you've put me through. Pythagoras? Not Pythagoras. That's the Pythagoras theorem. I forget the name. Anyway. Um, so the end of the book is she's slowly dying and she like journeys to like this cave where she meets the actual gods and the things they say to her before she dies and kind of like she's gaining acceptance in this moment of her life where she goes, how can we meet you face to face till you have faces, you know? And it's kind of a metaphor for like, how can you understand the will of God or Lord or the, or the creator or whatever you, you want to understand because you're not, you know, you're not worthy of seeing his purpose. You're just sure. a part of it. You don't have eyes yet. Basically. You don't have eyes yet. You can't see. And mm-hmm. so I kind of always think about that when it came to how I existed when I was a younger man, where it's like, well, how can I have friends? How can I have companionship till I have face, like a face? How can people see me until I show them yeah. an actual representation of who I am? Well, it's, I think it, uh, it feels very similar to why I think a lot of relationships fail is because <clears throat> you put on what you think the other person wants mm-hmm. until you're forced to be yourself. And then you've basically lied to your partner your, this entire time. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been putting on this great face this whole time. And then when you're actually your real self, you give them an opportunity to figure out if they actually like you. Right. But you're three years in. Like I've dated a lot of people and I've gotten kind of serious with a couple. And there's a weird stage you guys might not be aware of just because you've always had that one partner where you start dating someone. It's all shiny. And like you guys are just fucking and hanging out and laughing. And that's all you do. Well, and then slowly (laughs) as you're hanging out, you slowly kind of reveal who you actually are to the other person. And there's sometimes where I reveal myself and they're like, Oh, not it for me. And that's fine. Or somebody's revealed themselves to me, and I'm like, oh, not for me, and that's fine. Sure. Um, but it's a weird, there's a Fiona Apple line um, in uh, Hot Knife. It's at the end of her last album. It's great. one of my favorite albums. Great song, great, great Man, album. this needs to be called the gay episode. <laughs> we are very gay when we're not doing vets. We're incredibly gay. And yeah. we realize how and fucking stupid we how are. How stupid I we mean, are. We're, we're, we're goofballs. We're like, it's the Pyth- Pythagorean God. Whatever. Pythagorean. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, we're Brooklyn guys trying to talk about it. I feel, yeah, I'm feeling emotional because of, I'm an ENFP, according to Maya Briggs bullshit. <laughs> yeah, Fiona Pineapple, whatever the fuck her name is. <laughs> well, I, That fucking bitch. So there's a line at the in the song where she's like, if I'm a hot knife, you're butter. I'm butter, you're a hot knife. Um, I'm three wine, wines in. Our How does it go? Uh, I'm a hot, you're, no, I know. you're a pat of butter. Um, <laughs> So anyway, the refrain she keeps singing throughout the song is she goes, you can relax around me. You can relax around me. And that's like, I don't know, that's just like like a little beautiful line of like, Oh yeah, there reaches a certain point when you're with somebody where you go, you can you can relax around me. You right. can be the real version of yourself. You yeah. can go raw. You can go raw. You cannot Basically. wear a condom. Come inside her. Who gives a shit? Yeah, she's wearing an IUD. Yeah, and Ke- Ke- we all we went down this road by the way because Kevin, you were like, oh, do you feel that way because of the things you say to people and act? And it's like that. Yes, exactly. Like yeah. the, the identity we were talking about. I think the further I get from having done stand up and I put my creative forces into something else and stop having my identity with being a, like a stand-up who's like, oh, I'm just a drunk, I'm just entertaining drunks at a bar right. and all that stuff. I'm moving away from that and seeing that I'm capable of so much more yeah. than being this like 
you know, the, the jester who entertained the king and then got beheaded, like the whole archetype of what it is to be a, a comic. And I think right. the further I get away from that, the more I see who I actually need to become and that I'm not, I'm not a loser. I'm not a drunk. Right. The reason I drank so much is because I felt like a fucking loser. So I acted like a fucking loser. Right. And yeah. now I'm starting to act not like a loser, but I still feel like it. So I'm experiencing an insane amount of cognitive dissonance. Well, there's a, there's with the way I feel and the things that I do. Well, so I'm starting to like disassociate sometimes. Like even when I drive, where I'm like, who is driving this car? And I'll like kind of just see myself driving yeah. and realize I'm driving. Or like just when I'm having conversations with people, I'm just like, who is having this conversation well, right now? Within comedy, it, there is a trope that is very acceptable that is the fucked up loser. Yeah, I, I, I'm serious, Kevin. I, I felt like this past couple of weeks, I, I've, I've felt like for the past three months, I felt like I was going to like lose myself. Like seriously lose myself. Well, don't, don't lose faith, man. I mean, there's... Uh... Keep eating your mom's spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I really <laughs> lose yourself mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah, like moment. the song. Yeah, you, you get it. Okay, eight um, <laughs> I um, you do get pretty grandiose in your thoughts. Yes. sometimes. Yes, and I would encourage you to give yourself a fucking break because yeah, you go Daniel Plainview sometimes. You really do sometimes, <laughs> and and like you'll be all jokey, and then out of nowhere you'll be like, you remember there was a red bond by the house where we lived. And you go, I, I'm like, man, you used to love that barn. You're like, if I saw it today, I'd burn it down. Well, this is this is the thing, dude. I'm like, th- this is why I had the extreme within me to be an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. I have so much fucking passion and intensity that right. if you get close to me, you actually see it. And it's like, Jesus Christ, dude, you need to put that somewhere. Because this is fucked up. Yeah. This is a fucked up amount of like energy and passion. Right. And hopefully I can pour it into the things that, and I am pouring you into you the can. things that make yeah. me Absolutely happy. are. I think part of the narrative you told yourself that was really dangerous for a while was you were the crow. You know, you got really into that Carl Jungian type archetype of the crow, the trickster, the Loki um, god, the god of mischief type thing. And I think you kind of bought into, you're like, I'm not a real person. Well, I'm just a agent of chaos. Well, the, I, I have a retort to that is that, you know, C.S. Lewis identified with Loki mm-hmm. the most. Okay. Um, but C.S. Lewis was kind of a guy who acknowledged that's who he was. And the great, the great victory that C.S. Lewis had in his life is he resisted that yes. his entire life. Mm-hmm. So I can recognize that I am Crow, but I can somehow, I don't know, Crow You don't is, have to be fly, flying all the time. Yeah, <laughs> for, for, Which people, is a TLC for, for people listening, we're talking about a book of poetry by Ted Hughes, who married Sylvia Plath, that miserable bitch, <laughs> who killed herself. But he wrote a book of poetry called uh, The Crow that is, that is beautiful. Hmm. And I go back to that when I feel like I'm losing myself and I don't know who I am and I'm just very yeah. confused and lost. I will read that. And I, it, it, it lights a fucking fire beneath me because I start to see myself as more... The, the crow is many, 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 many things. Many things. Yeah. Shit, sometimes he tricks people for good. Sometimes he tricks people for bad. Sometimes he just is chaos for chaos sake. Sometimes he, you know, he... It, it's that drill tweet, Jace, where he's like, I will... F- f- if I get banned from the zoo, I will I will holler at God and flip him off and walk backwards into hell. Uh-huh. I, I, I messed the tweet up. Right, right. But it's that walking backwards into hell, giving God the double bird. Right. Like, yeah. that is crow. Right. That is crow. But I think there's also other elements to that. I think my retort to your retort was, I think you had bought into the fact that you were just chaos you were rebellion you know what i mean and at a certain point like you said with c.s lewis you resist that at a certain point you have to have moments where you're actually a real person because yeah. if you don't you'll kind of turn into like what jim carrey is now where well, you're just like who am i dude so i wasn't allowed to have an identity like once i left the church 
my identity was gone. Yeah. I, I had none of that Christian shit. And right. I, was, I was floating around. I was, I was, for a second, I was acting like Patrice O'Neill, wearing like Patrice O'Neill hats. Mm-hmm. I loved like George Carlin and Bill Hicks. And I started getting into podcasts in like 2010 and I fucking loved it. And I started doing, oh, so, but then immediately, like within a year, I started drinking really heavy to deal with all the trauma that I hadn't dealt with from leaving the church. So I, and then I just stopped drinking a year and a half ago. So there was like, it was like, I went to church and I wasn't allowed to be myself and I got out and I immediately went back into a different kind of church. Yeah. Yeah. And then now I'm getting out again and I'm like, I can't. Jace, I know you were worried about me becoming like an AA sobriety guy. I'm very careful to tell anyone that they should get sober or they mm-hmm. have a drinking problem. Except for I, me. I just don't, dude, I, <laughs> except for Kevin. I just don't want to be, I don't want to be in a cult anymore. Right. I just want to become who I'm supposed to That's be. That's the hard part is like, you're still searching for a cult, man. I remember my entire life I would go through, especially after I left the church, I was always looking for the quote unquote secret. Like I remember even when we played golf, I was always looking for the secret to the golf swing, like some magical, you know, type of methodology or behavior that would unlock everything. And I still struggle with that today where part of me is like, there's going to be one day where I figure out one secret to making my life better. And that secret's yeah. going to change everything. And right. that's just not how life works. It's about slow yeah. incremental growth. Yeah. Golfer identity. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's very interesting how, you just jump from identity to identity. And if you're smart, you just kind of wake up. And now I feel like I'm starting to almost like see the falling rain in the matrix. Yeah. Almost like you I'm see starting to see it as a code. I'm starting to view my life as like a video game. Mm-hmm. Like I'm starting to, now that I've left stand up, which isn't interesting. I know people listening are like, who cares if you left stand up? But this was a part of my identity for a long time. It and was all we did. It was all I did. It's all I thought about. And now that I'm leaving that, I'm, I can see, like, I'm like, why did I tell the jokes I did? And why did I behave the way I did? And I'm like, oh, I had a, I had a real hatred and bitterness and disdain for mm-hmm. the medium of stand-up and how restricting it was. Right. So uh, the way I did it was almost a commentary. Like, the, me showing up and even doing stand-up was a commentary on how, what I thought about stand-up. Right. Which meant that I cared about the media. I cared about it, like, comedy and everything so deeply that I was even trying to comment on the thing itself. Right. And uh, you were playing avant-garde jazz, as I've said before. Right. Which means it's not good. You were doing comedy on top of comedy on top of it's good, but it's good for 80 people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's good for a small number of people. And a lot of people still, still like enjoyed it or whatever, mm-hmm. but and it's not that I'm not, I'm not funny, but I'm like, Oh like, yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the way I viewed it. Like that's mm-hmm. not something I loved. That's, yeah. That's something I really actually kind of hated a lot. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of weird. Like I think the thing I wanted to be in my art and I still want to, to a large degree, I think it's part of just who I am as a person is I came out of the church and when I was expressing myself, I wanted to be Joni Mitchell. Or if you listen to, um, there's a really great Joni Mitchell album called Blue. Yeah, it's great. Where she's like, I think she's 27 and she wrote it. And I remember there's a story about it. It's so revealing and so incredibly personal and sad and heartbreaking and inspiring. You know, she's giving every part of herself in the album. And there's a story where she played the album for Chris Christopherson um, before it was released. And he goes, Joni, you've got to leave something for yourself. And she said, no. I think the quote she said, back in those days, I was like a bit of cellophane wrapper on a pack of cigarettes. There was nothing to hide. And I think when I got into art and really wanted to express myself, that's how I wanted to be. I wanted to share myself completely and fully and have people look at it and necessarily give it like approval, but also know that part of them was okay because they could see that in me, kind of like in a Ralph Waldo Emerson type way where it's like express the truest thing in yourself 
and people will resonate with that because we're all the same. But the danger of that is you get caught up in like, okay, what's the most revealing personal Mm -hmm. thing? And then at a certain point, you're not even making good art anymore. Yeah. Like when I first started the drawings, I was just going like, I want to put a gun in my mouth and blow my head off. And it's like, okay, that is very (laughs) honest for how you were feeling at the moment, but it's not good art. You can express that type of emotion while making other stuff that's yeah. meaningful to people it, it's it, so much f- sorry kevin well i was just gonna say i mean there's been <clears throat> this you guys talking about this stuff i there's been a bunch of times where i wanted to write something on facebook or whatever like <clears throat> if you were to go through my journals you wouldn't probably know that i was a stand-up comedian that i was trying to be funny because a lot of the shit i write about is like philosophy and my feelings mm-hmm. and all that shit and uh, I haven't done it in a very long time, but every once in a while, I used, I used to uh, post something on Facebook that was like, uh, forgiveness is a, is a lungs full of oxygen to a drowning man or whatever. And I just remember, I remember writing something on Facebook one time <clears throat> like that and getting this big response from people just like, holy shit, that was really deep. Didn't expect that from you. And I have a lot of those thoughts a lot where I'm like wanting to be deep or you know, for lack of a better term, wise or whatever. Grandiose, as you call it. Yeah, grandiose, anything. Uh, and uh, and then I'm like, no, you can't, because that's not the archetype that you're trying to be right now. Yeah. You know, you have to be that, you know, funny guy or whatever. Right. It's um, Yeah, and I think it's very important to, I think it's important to be grandiose, and it's also very important to have the skill of isolating a single event and a single feeling that you got during the event. For example, the last time I did stand-up was in a wine bar for like eight people in a basement in Atwater Village. And I had done stand-up in like a month, and I had all this new stuff, and I was happy to go up because I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I will enjoy this. And the comics on the show were like, oh, you're so funny. I heard you like aren't, aren't doing stand-up anymore. And these are people that are like writing on TV shows and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I do it if I get booked, but you, you know, I'm, 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 you know, I, I'm, I want to have a family one day. This isn't really a, a means to have a family, especially living in LA, right. especially for a long time. And I want to have a family within five years, blah, blah, blah. And I go up and I do really well on the show, riffing. The, it was a really good set. Um, and after they like people, the, the comics were like, you, I, you're so funny. I, I, you can't quit stand up. Like, I want to see you around more. I know open mics suck, blah, blah, blah. And I drove home and I felt good. I was like, so those people make money do like being comedians, writing on stuff. And then here I am, I'm, uh, I'm having better sets, not every show, but some shows I'm like, like that show specifically, I was like, I knew how to command the room and improvise and i had ev- yeah i made everyone have a great fucking time in that room so, but then i'm driving home and and i realized this way i realized this like after having not done stand-up for a month i was able to isolate the feelings i had and i felt high and as i was driving home yeah. i felt that high going down and then later at home i was like oh that's like fast food like that's like emotional fast food it's like it's like for me specifically, it's like this cheap high and that's all it is. You, you, you had a group of people in a room say, we like you and we think you're funny. And then that high wore off. And I kind of realized I'd been chasing that high for like four years. And then I, so after isolating that, I realized that I had isolated quitting standup. I had isolated it the same way I quit alcohol because I relapsed 15 day, 16 days after I got sober. I got buzzed and I was driving home after having like two margaritas. Yeah. And I felt, I isolated the sound in my head of this little buzz, this little sound in my head. And I thought, holy shit, that's, that's what you're chasing is that sound. And I isolated it 
And I thought, you're going to throw away all your potential and your entire life for that sound in your head. You, you're not going to see who you can become and what you're capable of. At the end of your life, you, you will have drank your whole life and you, you'll, you'll never know what you were capable of. But at least, hey, I was, in my head, I'm like, at least you got that fucking sound in your head. Yeah. It was all worth it, man, just so you could hear and it would drown out those other fucking thoughts that you don't like fucking having. Yeah. Good for you, man. You got the sound. You threw it away for 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 yeah. That's it. That's what you're throwing it away well, for? I'll say, I mean, and this will be in, uh, in favor of your argument that I'm an addict, uh, but there is my natural inclination throughout my entire life in my head is to question everything. And it's this long line of logic where I was like, you know, inside of my head, I'm like, what are you doing? You shouldn't do that. Ah, what are you doing? You can't be, what, what the fuck does that mean? If you do that, then this is going to mean that. And then if that happens, then you can't do that. But if this is true, then that's not going to be there. And how dare you feel this way? Because, well, and it's in my head and it's just this constant thing. And when I would get fucked up, like when I would get real stoned, that shit would go away. And that was really nice. And, uh, I mean, I'd have to get real fucked up. But it's yeah, just that constant. That's, that's how it was loop. for me. It was just the white noise kind of drowning out everything. That's yeah. what I really loved about drinking. It's yeah. like I can't think anymore, so that's great mm-hmm. because thinking is what's call it, causing me so much. You pain. have the analysis paralysis, and when you drink, you yeah. can shut it off, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Even now, we've had some wine, and uh, I'm not thinking about anything. It's great. Oh, dude, I just, I just piss so much. <laughs> Did you go pee right now? Yeah, I accidentally drank way too much wine. I didn't mean to. Oh, well, I mean, we did finish a whole bottle of Dark Horse. (laughs) I I mean, I don't feel too fucked up, but I do feel good. Right. Uh, Well, uh, As we talk about sobriety for 20 minutes. Well, I want to tell both of you guys that I love you, and uh, you don't have to, you know, feel... you know, if you're feeling shitty, you know, let's, uh, let's pot it. You know what I mean? Let's mm-hmm. get that, that shit on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just, I just want my actions to start informing how I feel about myself and my yeah. identity. I think you're doing a great job, man. I really do. I, yeah. th- I think you're doing a fantastic job. And you know, the hard part to remember is that it's just, you know, it's an AA saying, but it's just time takes time. You're not going to do it in a day, which is very hard. Sometimes I'll go into therapy and I'll get really fucking upset that it feels like I'm back to square one, but it's like, mm-hmm. that's the, that's the method. That's the method yeah. to getting better. Sometimes you're going to feel like there was no growth at all. Yeah, but I feel like I'm probably too patient with myself. You're Cause, fine. Because I want to stay put. Uh, I, I should be meaner to myself. Right. You're right. Exactly. Shut the fuck yeah. Up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am incredibly mean to myself and it doesn't help. It does not help at all. Right. You can be, I think you can be hard with yourself, but not hard on yourself. Like you can be like, Hey man, let's go lift some weights. And you'll, you'll be like, no, I don't want to. It's like, Hey man, like you want to, I love you. I want you to feel better. So let's go work out right now. Cause it'll make you feel better. No, and I think you can be hard on yourself that yeah, way. That's when you go, you're a fucking piece of shit. You <laughs> never fucking work out. Cause you're a fucking loser. Mm hmm. That's what you need to do. Just keep being a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. That's what you're good at. Mm-hmm. That's what you're great at. That's I, what a I demon inside your head. I kind yeah. of, I kind of look at it, man. I'm like, I, this is connect. This is a, this is a thought I had. My my friend Jake DM this to me. I was like, oh boy, I logged into Facebook because someone paid me through Facebook Pay, and I looked at all the posts on there. Yeah, and dude, it gave me so much anxiety, and like to the point that I felt like hollow. Your old reading, posts? No, not my posts. I was just reading my feed. And throughout my feed, I was seeing people that I used to know a decade ago in church. And it's very interesting. They're all standing in the same place from when I left. They have the same haircuts with the same clothes. 
and they just look older. They just and have kids now. That's it. Some of them have kids, but for the most part, they're. It's like I let I jumped the timeline, and now I'm looking back into a timeline. Like everyone is in Groundhog Day, and I somehow got out of the loop, but I can look back into that world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just saying, people like, oh my god, did you guys see the ranch on Netflix? It's so funny. And it was just making me sick. And then I went to my friend on Twitter and I was like, this was freaking me out, this, this whole... And he goes, yeah, and I, found, I actually find Facebook to be more uplifting. I was like, no, dude, it filled me with anxiety. He goes, no, because that's the one site where people are actually genuine. They're like, hey, guys, I like this thing. You should check it out. It's super funny. Yeah. Because everyone on Twitter is like irony poisoned and has to, is very hateful and pretends to ironically like stuff. He's like, Twitter is much more dark and sickening than Facebook. And I was like, holy shit. And that is, it, it hit me how uncomfortable I was with being genuine that yeah. I saw all these posts that were just like, hey, the ranch is good. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to blow my fucking head <laughs> off. But really, that's just like normal and healthy. Right. And you just have to like, you have to see that Facebook world, those people, and realize it's, it's, it's necessary to exist. It has to exist. It exists for a reason. And those people have problems just like you do and probably feel the same way you do. Yeah. I mean, without Facebook, equal rights wouldn't exist. Wait, I don't get it. Well, you know, Facebook and Twitter, you know, with all the stuff that people post, you know, it's like, I, dude, I remember, <laughs> I remember. I was like, wait, what? Or one time I was ready to go uh, blow up the World Trade Center and I watched, on, I looked on Facebook and it was like, that that's bad. Mm. Like, violence is bad. I was like, gosh, mm. dang it, they got me again. And I, I turned my uh, rider truck right around and I emptied out all the fertilizer out of the back. <laughs> And I put it in a park to make it beautiful. So you were going to do like an Oklahoma City bombing style like terrorist act? Yeah, I was ready to go, but then I read on I like Facebook. That. It's very 90s of you, Kevin. Were you wearing a Tweety Bird shirt? Dude, I'm retro. You were wearing a Space Jam I'm, shirt and you were going to reenact the Oklahoma City bombing. I'm retro as fuck, dude. I was you were wearing Trinkos? I was listening to Tribe Called Quest. Ooh, eating a Happy and, Meal. Uh, oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I was wearing parachute pants. Yep. And, uh, and uh, yeah. Big then, hoop earrings. And I was ready. <laughs> I was 100% just ready. Just listening to Radiohead. Yeah. And then I, you know, I read somebody posted on Facebook that we should be nice. And I was like, I literally, I, I, I facepalmed, literally. And I go, gosh, dang it. I took the rider truck back to the rider head corp, you know, and I, <laughs> I, I didn't know what to do, you know, but, uh, but thank God for that. Mm. You know? That's why, mm. you know. Thank God Kevin has been saved. Yeah, I've been really <laughs> saved. Um, <clears throat> You've been brought back from the brink of destruction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank God to Radiohead and Parachute Pants and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And it felt right. I'm a creep. I'm a <laughs> hey, <don't>... red pilled. <laughs> I'm a honkler. Well, uh, I think uh, I think we're all on our yeah, way. Yeah, I think it's I think it's wrapping up time. Well, yeah. no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying I think we're all on our way to a, a better future, a better version of ourselves. And I think the I think the process is 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 the progress. You I, know what I mean? I, I want to apologize if anything I said seems like super simple and stuff. But fuck it, off. It's, it's like no. I'm the simple autistic. the simple stuff is the stuff that makes your life better, and we forget all the time. So it's important to really hammer that stuff home. Yeah, and there's a lot of. I mean, anybody that likes this type of humor that we put out. Is also just fucked up in the head. Well, dude, it's, <laughs> you know it's, what I mean. They li- really are. Think, think no, about. That. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, They're, of course. Uh, I see the emails people send us. Yeah, people are fucked 
up and they're just like <laughs> us because we're fucked up and that's why we think this shit is funny mm-hmm. and uh you know so you got to have don't uh you know don't be afraid to, to be something other than just a, a fucked up piece of shit we're basically asking ironic. people to uh, take the red pill and the blue pill and crush them up and snort that shit mm-hmm. you don't have to go one way or the other get buck wild mm-hmm. well it's okay mm-hmm. to not be cool you know what i mean it's yeah. okay to be vulnerable it's okay to uh, be genuine. Take the purple pill. Take the blend perp. them up. Mm-hmm. Get that perp. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, the pill with lean in it. Yeah, get the, drink that perp. Don't be afraid. You know. Uh, I mean, real you can talk. See, you can realize that there is no spoon and smoke crack out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I That's or right. math or whatever. There is no spoons spoon. with. <laughs> That's Richard Pryor. He's like, right. I mean, think the, of, right? Spoon. Richard Pryor as Morpheus. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, He's like Jack. There is no spoon. <laughs> All these motherfuckers walking around like, can I get a spoon, Jack? <laughs> motherfucker. He's on fire. Right. He's, on he's fire. literally on Jack, fire. Jack, can, can you extinguish a motherfucker? It's me, Richard Pryor. Jack. He just <laughs> says Jack a lot. Yeah, he always says, Jack. <laughs> Mor- Morpheus brings Neo into the Trayvon Martin sequence at mm-hmm. the beginning to learn how to uh, not get shot by the police. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do really think about the, our audience in that way, though. That there are, if you do enjoy our type of humor, yeah, you're probably a little fucked up. Hey, Jace, stop trying to red pill me and red pill me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like Neo is like in full honkler makeup. Right. And he's just like doing karate. Right. And he's like, he jumps like up a big building and they're like, what's happening? He's like, he's beginning to honk. <laughs> <laughs> no, stop. It just has a Gatling gun of red pills. He's mm-hmm. shooting. He's shooting at the agents, which are just normies through right. the window. Yep. Uh, Cypher is an SJW. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like, I know when I have this opinion, it's not real, but it tastes so good in my mouth. I want to come back. I want you to make me famous. I want to be Nanette. <laughs> All right. I think we gotta oh, wrap fuck. up the pod now. Dude, that's so fucking good. That's so fucking good. We gotta wrap up the pod on that one. All right. <laughs> well, I'll uh, stuff down for, what I was gonna say. For autistic people, that's very funny. No, 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 It's quite all right. We, all right. I wanted to get no, a high pitched squeal from Ben. Uh, <laughs> no, please just say what you're gonna say. Um, I was going to say, if you are enjoying this, don't be afraid to be fucking genuine from time to time and uh, find some safe places. uh, You don't have to be ironic all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and, uh, you know, we love making fun. It's okay to log off and it's okay to log in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, you know, find a happy medium. Yeah. Just realize a lot of the shit you like on the computer. That's funny. It's like junk food for your brain. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You need to eat broccoli every once in a while. Yeah. You need to watch Joe Rogan. Like I, I do watch Joe Rogan and he's like, he's like, you know, you need to like take care of your mind and your body. And I'm like, holy shit, he's right. Right. Yeah. Like it's the simplest stuff where I'm like, fuck. Right. You kind of need to be so a moron. Right. So like Joe's kind of stupid. He's very smart, but he's also kind of super. He's like, he's brilliant dude, though. He's brilliant, but he's also, st- he's a, he's the smartest meathead who ever lived. And he's like, dude, if you don't get sleep, you're going to feel bad. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, that's fucking wild. And then you just watch more Joe Rogan videos right. until 5 a.m. Yeah, exactly. And every video, Joe Rogan's like, you got to get out there and do stuff. You're like, yeah, after one more video. <laughs> yeah, one more. <laughs> one more video. One more JRE cartoon. <laughs> Shit. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you like what we're saying, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, give us those five stars. And thanks and for all the, I uh, do the emails that you guys send. I read them over and over. Amazing. Uh, it's, it's fucking phenomenal. I love learning about people's lives that are writing in. Absolutely. We're getting like three or four a week. 
Yeah, it's now. pretty impressive. We're uh, we're we're doing some growing, and we really appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, send us an email at brainjailpod at gmail.com. Follow us at brainjailpod on and, all the social medias. And, and shout out to the person that tried to make a fake account of me. A, a fake, and got banned immediately from Twitter from yeah. trying to tweet something I would probably say. That really did highlight something for me, is the fact that somebody tried to make a, a ironic account based on Ben Avery, and what they tried to post was just fucked up. <laughs> it just, it was like, uh, yeah, like I tried to post uh, Chinese people are bad and I hate them. Yeah, what can I say? I'm the master. I cannot be imitated. Yeah. Okay. It really is a fine line between... What, are you going to imitate Dave Brubeck? I don't think so. It's going to sound like shit. They're going to throw you out of the concert yeah, the hall. The greatest jazz. jazz player ever, Dave Brubeck. Yep. <laughs> it's a fine line between Hitler and Ben Avery. What, are you going to imitate Thelonious Monk? Okay, there we go. All right, I like that. I don't like it. I like what I said before that got ignored. Right. What did uh, you say? Uh, I just said it's a fine line between Hitler and Ben Avery. You know, you it can, is a fine line. You can it's really a, go too far. It's, it's a t- tiny little mustache. And I appreciate you guys for not laughing both times. You know, I just really thank, I just really thank you so much for that. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> please leave a review, like, and subscribe. Yeah, yeah five star review. All that shit. Jace, if th- these were three books doing a podcast, Jace is, uh, Jace is infinite jest. Here okay. We go. Kevin is an uncle John's bathroom reader. <laughs> Here we go. And I'm, um, the Bible. I'm uh, my awakening by David Duke. Right. Okay. Okay. That's okay. okay. good. Wait, yeah. think of a better one for me. I think that's very appropriate Con- for you. Confederacy of Dunces. Everybody poops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Slaughterhouse Five, dude. Yeah, Slaughterhouse uh, Five Inches, more like five millimeters <laughs> with you. Yeah, <laughs> Slaughterhouse Five Millimeters, bitch. God damn it, we have to end it there. Don't All right, we? play All the right. theme. Let's see you next uh, week. I got fucking owned at the very end. The feeling of one nervousness will unleash. Typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Shit, if this gonna be that kind of party, I'm gonna stick my dick in the back of the Oh god! They're gonna know I'm dumb!